Welcome to Hello. episode eight of the Life, Liberty, and Podcast podcast. podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about arcane and uh, a little bit of philosophy based off of that. And then I'm going to have like a full on breakdown and then we're going to come back to arcane. That's beautiful. Thank yep. you for that, Nicholas. That was just <laughs> such a great summary. And we're your hosts, Gabriel and Nick. Now to the show. <laughs> so Boy, do I love Arcane. <laughs> Gosh, I just can't get enough of it. We're going to talk about Arcane today, if yeah. you couldn't tell. Arcane, uh, for, for, for the people at home, Arcane <laughs> is a, uh, it's a moving picture. Uh, most of the... <laughs> Most of the parts of it are drawn by drawn by people, so not not like a, a Brad Pitt, uh, you know, Morgan Freeman sort of scenario where they're actors. It's an animated TV show. Yeah, you could call it that too. You could call it that. <laughs> yeah, you could call it animated. Uh, I prefer moving pictures, but you know that's um, uh, that's uh, I've heard it both ways. Um, uh anyways yeah we're just gonna talk about arcane today um the best piece of media has come out recently honestly yeah i mean i agree it's definitely up there um it's it's just really i don't know what it is about the show but it just pops in every sort of way Uh, i appreciate it mostly from a uh like the writing is i think pretty good like it does a it's very polished but i don't think it does anything like really new turn your ringer off i did sorry god <laughs> um i don't think it does anything like incredibly new in terms of you know changing up like the story structure of how things are written but it's just a really polished story um really well done and i don't know how well i mean you can kind of think about it but like it it has tropes in it that should be kind of like make me want to roll my eyes um but it just executes executes it in a way that like makes it really compelling um but i would say that most of my appreciation for it comes from like the animation standpoint it's just fucking beautiful i mean it's insane to me like how much work was put into this um, relatively new style of animation of mixing uh, 3D animation with you know 2D, yeah. which is definitely like I think the best thing that people have done with 3D animation. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, just yeah. the mo- the margin of error like on that is so like so small, right? Uh, just because like there's stuff nowadays like I don't know the West has always been like pretty good at 3D animation, but like they obviously wanted to go for like a mix of 3D and 2D. And usually whenever someone does that, there's always an instance where I'm like, ah, it looks blocky. Yeah. You know, it looks, I'm noticing the 3D more than the the 2D. And I always want to notice the 2D more because it's prettier and flows better in animation if if you know what you're doing. But this, there's never an instance, and I was always on the lookout for it. There's never an instance. Usually it happens in like fight scenes or things like that or like high, you know, lots of, uh, you know, lots of movement on the screen. But the, the the understanding of momentum and movement in the show and translating that into like how they created it is just amazing. Yeah, I don't know how they did it honestly. It's like, and why is it have to be? 
my question is why does it always have to be league content that's like always so good at everything except for the actual <laughs> game itself except it makes that fucking money <laughs> it makes that money i mean it's it, what is it it's it's cool i like the concept behind it i feel like other people like other companies try and do it maybe they're trying to mimic league or maybe somebody's done it before but like league is the most successful company of like creating a product and then creating marketing around it that people actually give a shit about yeah you know i think apex or uh, i feel like more people care about the marketing than they do the actual game sometimes <laughs> uh well, yeah, like, i don't know because like the game itself is not i feel like as mainstream as like the content they create would you agree with that i don't know maybe not. i feel like with arcane I, that became the case I think Arcane definitely broke through a lot of uh, marketing bubbles. I think it because I think at some point it was like the most watched thing on Netflix. Yeah, but I don't think the game. I'm the game. I think is I don't want to say niche because that feels too small. And it's like the one of the largest esports like in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can't really say. I feel like I don't know. I feel like leagues pretty common for people to play that's true but i don't i played it sometimes i enjoy the game but i don't i don't obsess over it like a, a lot of people do or get addicted to it or like i'll play it like for a couple hours and then i'll be like well i'm just clicking around a lot so it's just not i don't know not my type of game yeah i played it once and i hated it so never, never again <laughs> yeah i don't get tilted but i don't think i've gotten deep into the competitive scene behind it so maybe that's it um but yeah, I think Apex has tried something similar. Apex Legends, uh, with creating media around their stuff, like their their releases of characters are pretty, like always cinematic or yeah. something like that. Uh, Another Over one. Well, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say Overwatch, uh, tried to do that too. I think at some point when it was at its peak, like there was talks of like an Overwatch movie. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, honestly, I think the only other game that I can think of that's successfully done something similar is Genshin Impact because they do a lot of marketing around their games as well, around their characters as well. That's interesting. I haven't seen, like, any sort of, like, cinematic, like, I, like when I say, like, marketing, I guess I mean, like... Separate form, from the game? Yeah, like, forms of media that are not just cutscenes from the game. Okay. Well, they do do that, but, yeah, I guess that is very close into the Genshin game. But I, to me, that's the reason why Genshin is so successful is because people just want to get the new characters. Because they, what they usually do is they create, when they release a character, they always just do the backstory of the character as an mm -hmm. introduction, usually. And it, like a, kind of like a trailer. And the trailer isn't included in the game. Like Genshin is weird because like there's so much story content that isn't in the main part of the game. <laughs> you have to like find it either on YouTube clips or like through trailers or something. It's really, really, really weird. Um, for those who aren't aware, I do play Genshin, so that's I think we're. I think we've definitely we've de we've definitely brought it up at some point. There's yeah, that's true. I don't play it anymore though, but um, oh really? I've played. I think I've played a total like of three or four times in the past two months. Like I have oh. hardly played at all. Why I kind of got hold of it. I think I. I, actually, yeah, you might be right. I think I have to describe this in previous episodes. Like how it turns into a job. Yeah. I've seen like other people post. Like I've played it for a little while, but I didn't get past the point where it turned into like the job portion. It takes a while to get to that point. Right. Like, but I've seen a lot of people be like, well, time to do my dailies. And yeah. Cast, or what is it? <laughs> dispense my resin or something like that. Yeah, exactly. My resin. It's just a job. And it's just like, why am I doing this? So I'm only playing it now when new content comes out, like yeah. new worlds, which 
So there's value in that, but I feel like again the margin for error on that sort of thing before it turns into you realizing it's a sort of a job thing is very small. Like uh, because it's it's a value like we all play games. I feel like there's an underlying reason why like I think maybe even in game design why we play games is like easily completable objectives right a sense of accomplishment uh like a seemingly like uh insurmountable obstacle but it's actually very surmountable (laughs) (laughs) yeah um like i i did that one point did you not get the reference no 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 no. what are you talking about (laughs) i know who that is i don't know what you're talking about he's like the hardest boss in kingdom hearts at least the first two games you made a reference to Kingdom Hearts <laughs> on this podcast. No, 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 and expected me to. I, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about Kingdom Hearts. That's lore. fine. Don't That's like the it. one video game that was for the I... Kingdom Hearts fans out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> for our three viewers out there, I'm sure at least one of you watches Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, plays Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. I think that's like a statistic. It's like one in every three people plays Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. And the other two want to kill that third person. <laughs> <laughs> the other two have like lives or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Kingdom Hearts is cool. I just never got into it. You know, I just it's fine. It's it's even as a kid, its story always seemed super ambiguous. I mean, it, it is. was. Yeah, <laughs> it but like, is. I feel like as a kid, you can just kind of like turn off your brain, and well, your brain's already turned off. But like, you can just kind of be like, ooh, Mickey Mouse and Goofy and. Uh, these people, I, I, you know what? I think it's just because I'm not much. I wasn't much of a Disney kid. Yeah, like I saw the was it? Uh, I played Chain of Memories on Game Boy SP. It's literally the worst one that you could have played. <laughs> I thought it was pretty fun, and oh, okay. <laughs> I think the only reason I really liked it is because you got to go to uh, uh, the one with a a nightmare or was it a Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, Jack Skellington and that one that was my favorite one mm. uh, but you know me I'm not I'm, you know I'm a, I'm an alternative guy you know I like spooky stuff <laughs> um, no I, I enjoyed that part but yeah just I'm not much of a Disney guy so I, I didn't find much appeal with like oh god it's all these different things I mean honestly the reason I play Kingdom Hearts isn't for that Disney stuff either I like that I actually care more about the main story <laughs> which I don't know if, what that says about me, but, <laughs> um, you know. It says that you're a future Genshin player. That's what it says. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just an anime protagonist, basically, because Sora is sort of. <laughs> I don't know. If That's you... it. We're ending it here. <laughs> the line is drawn in the same. I don't know if you've noticed, but I. <laughs> I take a lot of um, cues from Sora. <laughs> like he was like, if you do, you my do. main role model as a kid, which is probably says a lot about the, me. Nah, we're in we're super influenced by the media we consume. That's not weird. I was that way in high school, like in uh, in terms of like um, like Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Who and God fucking Lord forgive me the Big Bang Theory with with Sheldon oh my god that was I will say though I will say though that was freshman and sophomore year you were you used to be a libertarian so it explains a lot I, shut the fuck up he was just neurotic and I and I thought that like the, the more neurotic you are the more unique you are and I put a value on being different than everybody instead of getting along with really people. I couldn't tell 
I will make you eat this mic. <laughs> I will teach you to speak with this mic. Okay. Well, you see, the, I don't think the problem is that you get influenced Well, I guess that doesn't people. make any sense. We already speak with mics. That's a line from uh, Gangs of New York. There's a scene in Gangs of New York where uh, okay. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis gets uh, gets Leonardo DiCaprio on a table and he, he gets, I, well, maybe it's, I don't know if it's that scene, but he says at some point, he's like a guy, he's like a knife wielder, right? And he gets him down and he's like, I'm going to teach you to speak with this knife which is basically like you know i'm gonna fucking stick it in your mouth and right whittle um it doesn't work with mics what doesn't work with mics. no it doesn't because we already speak with mics anyway so back to the point <laughs> i don't think it's bad that you get influenced by media but i think it's bad that the fact that we got influenced by sora and sheldon respectively i think it says a lot <laughs> i'd say in freshman year i was more influenced by big bang theory and then as you grew older i tried to be more like Sherlock and and Doctor Who and I think that's just because I kind of like I I don't know I prize seeming intelligent more mm. than yeah yeah more than uh yeah definitely yeah and I don't know I think I don't know maybe I'm just like I I I still had friends out after that phase so I have no clue <laughs> how anybody tolerated me I mean I'd say the same thing with like middle school but me but yeah. But then you know, you, then you grow up and you start, you know, um, then you then you mature, right? And you start like uh, supposedly. <laughs> Just kidding. You've matured a lot, actually. <laughs> Thank you. You you are very different from though you were in high school. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, Definitely wouldn't have been able to do this if you were still like that. You think so? You've been annoying as fuck. Like, that was you'd annoying. Be Omar on a, a level. I'm not gonna say that. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> If we had political conversations with your personality back then, it would have been terrible. We never had that. We didn't? I thought we had plenty. Or no, are you talking like about in like high school? College. Like we... before college. Because oh, we yeah. didn't start having, I don't think we started, don't play with the wire. Sorry. I don't think we started having political conversations until you were in college. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. That's when I, you know, you grow up and you mature and you start like, you know, idolizing and building yourself after like different fictional characters like Ben Shapiro. Jesus Christ. Him too. <laughs> Him too. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. My, let's see. My idols were Sora, Gohan from Dragon Ball Z. Dude, your, your shit was way healthier than mine. Like, <laughs> Was it? Oh, yeah. Because your characters are like objectively protagonists that you should build yourself after. Mine were like dysfunctional narcissists. <laughs> like, I'm like coded to be like autistic right most of them were or right. no sheldon at least was yeah and it's just well, like i feel like was sherlock called? i feel like his, his, i mean the thing he always says is like i'm a high functioning sociopath you know okay. uh and it's like i don't know i just modeled myself after neurodivergent that. basically yeah uh, yeah like just uh, it's an ego thing because you want to be I, when my motivations were like oh I wanted to be different than everybody mm, else right and so being so eager to be different you like try and drive yourself to be like I don't know I, I wouldn't say that I was rude like I don't know maybe I was anyways uh, yeah not good people to model yourself after I yeah. think Doctor Who was though I think that was a good turning point because like his character is pretty whimsical and, and oh, yeah. fun and he gets along with people and that's probably yeah. a better role model Speaking of role models, there are none in Arcane. 
You don't think so? I mean, they all have. I think the whole point of the show is that like they're very they're very human and very flawed characters. All of them. They're not. I don't think they're really meant to be role models. Like yeah. when you think when you think of like Sora or Gohan or Goku or like Sherlock Holmes or you know they're all like meant to be put on the pedestal like these heroes and even though they have their flaws not Sherlock Holmes he was a drug addict okay fair <laughs> fair enough but the other ones like Sheldon as well for example like they're all meant to be seen in a positive light and even though they do have flaws the mm-hmm. every their positive side outweighs their flaws but the whole point of Arcane is that their the flaws are way heavier on them than their positive sides and actually leads to their downfall Hmm. um which you know it's interesting because i feel like for whatever reason our generation is way more obsessed with dark like darker tone media and like just darker themes in general i guess because that reflects our kind of outlook on life (laughs) um but like Personally, I, for me personally, my favorite kind of media is where it's super dark for the most part, but it still finds 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 a way to find the light at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Arcane necessarily did that. Actually, no, it, did, it definitely did not do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it ended with domestic terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that vote had gone through, it'd be considered international terrorism. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, um, but. <laughs> You're right. There, are, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. There are not. There are not really any like role models. They're all like flawed in their own way, in an almost like fifty-fifty sort of sense. Like, yeah. I mean, some of them obviously are more evil. Yeah. Or misguided. I don't even like saying the word evil because, like, evil to me, I view it like D and D, like where if someone's evil, it's because it's almost like their job. They're like, all right, clock in, time to be evil, time to do evil things. Well, I don't know. I just feel like. Whereas they're they're all like self centered, like it's all like they're. I feel like most people or most characters nowadays, there's no like evil character. There's just like internal. Well, motivations. there's a, there's a lot more complexity, which I think is very much appreciated, because mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole like black and white superhero thing, I don't, I think is definitely outdated now, and a lot of people want more nuance and complexity in their media, which I think just it makes viewership better for it. I mean, it makes people think more in a nuanced manner. And like real recognize that there's no really pure evil or pure goodness. Um, yeah. But I don't. At the same time, I wonder if we lost a bit of a like optimism and hope, and also like the ideal goal that we want to set for ourselves. Because I do think it's important for us to be honest and like you know be like, yes, this is reality. But I think it's also important for people to like also have some idealism and a little bit of like fantastical like ideas of what we should be. Yeah. Which I feel like in this day and age, no one really believes in anymore, which I mean, yeah, it's fair because, you know, it doesn't exist. But at the same time, if we don't even believe in it, we're never going to get any better. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, it's um, I mean, yeah, it's just how art imitates life. Right. Or vice yeah. versa. It's just um, it, it's just a reflection of like you have to have a level of foresight and like of seeing like what you can do with things, but like not delusional, like levels of what you can do with right. things, you know, like uh, just like I'd say Sora is delusional, but yeah. <laughs> what in retrospect. <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> 
It's so bad. But yeah, keep going with your point. Keep going. I'll stop. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention it in a second. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, there's not much else to say other than it's just like, uh, yeah, you have to have a level of like practicality with your optimism. I mean, I never, I don't think I'm a pessimist, even though I feel like I get like pretty negative. I think there are things that you can do. Um, well, I don't know. Like pessimism is like uh, you ha- you foresee an, uh, an outcome that you don't want that is uh, something you can't avoid, right? That's how I see it, right? Mm. A negative outcome. Yeah. To me, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just how it is, right? Like, there's going to be a point at which, like, we no longer exist as a species, right? So if I say that objectively, like, is that pessimism? No, but that's just part of life. That's just part of living. You know, you have to take the good with the bad because that's just how we're built. Yeah, but I think it is important if you want to make change. I guess it depends on what your priorities are. But if you want to do make a difference and make things better, you do have to have a bit of that idealistic optimism, I think, because otherwise you're just going to get about, you know, you're going to get become very um, spiteful, I feel like, and very bitter person in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, I I do change my mind because Sora... I think for the most part is very much like a character who's like super delusional, very optimistic all the time. Just, I believe in my friends and my heart and he gets whatever he wants. Right. Mm -hmm. But like the, I think the game did recognize that this is major spoilers for the franchise, but like at the end of Kingdom Hearts three, he dies because he refused to go the way he was supposed to. Mm. So I guess there's a little background, but it's like essentially like, um, he would save people a lot like when they were when they were supposed to die he would be able to say bring them back but like Like jesus pretty much uh (laughs) but like because he kept doing that he was essentially eating away his own life force oh and like that's cool yeah and like he's supposed to have this thing called the power of waking which is supposed to let you do that without killing yourself but like he fails um at doing so so like, there's actually it's actually interesting because I wouldn't you wouldn't expect a game like Kingdom Hearts to have their main protagonist fail, but like in the prequel before Kingdom Hearts three, which is called Dream Drop Distance, um, the they're they're taking the mastery the Keyblade Master exam and Riku uh, Riku passes it. There's and Sora fucking fails school it. in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's not school. Trust oh. me. It's just like him. you gotta take his SATs and fucking <laughs> graduate so he can get a key. Or is it yeah. more like gun registration? It's more like gun registration. <laughs> well, yeah, they have to go through these trials or whatever. And he, Sora fails and Riku passes. Um, and because Sora failed, it's because he didn't have that power. So at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, he saves Kyrie's life and he ends up dying because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, although it becomes a bullshit thing because he ends up ending up in the real world and like our world at the end. But whatever, that's a whole different thing. But yeah, like. Another fictional place he ends up. Yes. Tokyo. <laughs> but um none of these places are real gabriel (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting that they did actually held him accountable for his like um idealistic optimism i wonder if that's also a sign of the times because kingdom hearts 3 was made in this era while kingdom hearts 1 and 2 were made in the early 2000s well i mean maybe Um, it's just like they know that uh their fan base is who they're growing up with is who's grown up with it yeah because i mean if i'm I mean, I don't obviously don't know. This is all hearsay. Fly by the seat of your pants marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, the uh, I I just feel like single player games nowadays mostly comprised of uh, people who played it. 
before mm-hmm. and have grown up with it. Yeah. Like Devil May Cry, for example, for me. Or like, Persona. Or Persona or things like that. And I just yeah. feel like nowadays, like most people or most kids who are just now entering the gaming community are uh, doing multiplayer games mostly, like yeah, Apex, because they're all free to play. Right. And, um, you know, like super addictive too, like because of the just the instant like – Re- next round, next round, next round, next round. Yeah, you know, battle royales and the uh, communal aspect of it, which I feel like well, we've I mean, talked about. We don't, we didn't necessarily have that as much with us. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I would say there's some that are different. Like Zelda, is still pretty back to the, you know. You don't think? You think so? I think maybe like like Breath of the Wild. I think Nintendo has its own like audience of people, but I don't think it's because of Zelda. I think like Zelda is still old diehard fans. Yeah, I think most people who get into Nintendo nowadays, like they get into Mario. Yeah, I don't think Breath of the Wild is. I actually say Breath of the Wild is like not kid friendly in terms of a game. Mm, that's true. It is kind of a hard game. Well, it just requires a lot of patience. You yeah, know? like I'm. I'm not saying it's difficult. Like it's in terms of like mechan uh, mechanics. I think that it's like very easy. Or sorry, it's easy for a kid to pick it up, pick up, but it's just the the open world aspect of it and like the mystery solving aspect of it is like not the uh, for yeah. But it. like, I mean, if you compare like single player games today versus like single players games when we were kids, we 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 our games were pretty difficult, like with, in regards to actually getting past them. Like, I feel like that's a good example. Um, I mean, even Kingdom Hearts one was way more difficult than Kingdom Hearts than any other other Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. Or like, um, some of the Jack and Daxter games are pretty difficult. You think so? Not the first one. I was thinking the about Jack and Daxter specifically, one. thinking that they were pretty easy. Because they're well, I guess it, the I, second and third ones are a little more difficult. I think what you're talking about is mechanically they're difficult, which I agree they were, but I think it's just because like back then they didn't. Well, I don't know. It, again, here's like you don't remember the Alien game in Jack 3. I do you know what I'm talking that. about? I do remember that. I do remember that one. I remember specifically not getting I remember specifically not getting past it, but again, I feel like that's mechanically like difficult, mm. right? I, I, what I'm talking about is like uh like I don't even know how to describe it, like sticking with a game, like it's linear, right? You hit the next objective like sequentially. Mm. You know, there's not much like time in between finding your objective where Zelda is like there's no clear objective. Like, there's like you can go this way and go in that that's direction, true. That's true. or you can go in that direction. But there's not like there there are like mission objectives, but there those are also pretty vague. It's like yeah. you have to like run around a lot before you find. Or at least I had to, and I'm you know an adult, yeah. so that's true. Like you had to run around and like like where the fuck is this waterfall at? You know, like you had to spend a lot of time not doing things. Yeah. I think that, I think that actually accomplishing things like the video game market has kind of adapted a little bit to the aging population of video gamers mm-hmm. because now that's an older industry that most people who play it are actually older now instead of younger, probably. Yeah. But I don't know. This is again, fly by to see your pants, uh, marketing analysis. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it seems like most games, most people who play games are usually, at least in their teens, are older. Yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd agree. I just feel like single player games are older oriented, marketed towards people, and then multiplayer games are obviously like Fortnite, like Fall Guys. 
yeah, Fall Guys, like uh, Among Us, they're all free to play Among Us. because they're like, okay, who doesn't have money? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the barrier is free. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah. you, you want to pay for skins. Or but that's when like you that. get your parents to pay. <laughs> My boss, his kid. Mommy, I want the skin. His kid bought like a thousand dollars worth of V Bucks without him knowing. That's one of our cousins did. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like ten years ago, he was playing Wizard One Hundred One. Oh, and okay. he spent like three hundred dollars on his dad's credit card without him knowing. Got grounded like freaking Wizard One Hundred One. Do you remember that shit? <laughs> I never, I never played games. I didn't. Play I didn't play games during that time period. I was devoid of games because my parents were anti-video games, so yeah, I just had to times. watch playthroughs. Well, yeah, my brother and our cousins were really obsessed with it at that time. I remember Felipe was. Yeah, that was interesting. And even Anna used to play with her one-on-one, apparently. Uh, which I've, is crazy to me. I actually, I take that back. I think I did have an account, but I don't think that I got far. Yeah. I think that I pretty much recognized. I don't know games like that. It's like the first gotcha game. Is that a gotcha game? No, that's not a gotcha game. That's a. It's an MMORPG. It? Yeah, it's an MMORPG, but it's like it's like it had World, World of Warcraft. But it was one of the. I think it was one of the first games to have like a major part of microtransactions because like there was a point in the game where you couldn't keep going unless you paid money. Right. Was it free? Yeah. It had yeah. It was free. free first, and then you'd have once you get to a certain point, you have to pay. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the earlier games. That was like that. free to play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think War- Warcraft you have to pay yeah, or buy it. Yeah, you have to buy. I think you have to buy World of Warcraft. Yeah. But anyways, I kind of want to go back to that previous thing because I like the discussion about like uh, role models and arcane. Yeah. Uh, just because I I agree, like it, it's kind of hard to like find one particular person that I'm like. But maybe that's the the awesome part of it. That is the point. And of I it. think what I've I've come to like realize is that I really like media that has like a lot of characters like a lot of characters that you can latch on to and appreciate. Um, that, that like compels me a lot. Like there's like 10 of them in that show. Yeah. Stranger things is that way. Mm. Like stranger things has a, like a large cast, of like people. an ensemble cast instead of like a single or like two or three people. Yeah. I don't I, like two or three people. I, I like something where it's like, Oh, this guy shut up. Cool. You know? And then the just different dynamics. Right. Um, I enjoy that. Uh, Arcane definitely has that. A lot of great characters. Um, I think my favorite character probably has to be, um, I think, his Victor. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> if I had to guess which one you liked, that was probably that was definitely one of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I liked his 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 was most very like most emotional. Why did I say it that way? Um, <laughs> his his was great, especially the scene where he's like running down the pier and he's like outrunning the boat and it's like the boat is shaped after like his toy boat that you see earlier on mm-hmm. in the episode he doesn't catch because he's a cripple are you supposed to say cripple anymore I don't think you're supposed to say cripple anymore disabled why did you say cripple Gabriel <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah because he has an injury can't use his legs properly disabled, disabled. There you go. yeah um, but yeah that was just an awesome scene you know just really nailed down like how much this guy is like striving and struggling to get I something. mean the 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 biggest scene I, um you know I think of when I think of Victor is when he um let the thing he was inventing overflow mm-hmm. and he killed his assistant who was going to confess to him or something like that Oh yeah that was super sad I was just like <laughs> yeah 
And it's great. It's like, like it's a great theme of him becoming a monster because of his inventions, like basically sacrificing himself. himself. Yeah, and it's very easy. I feel like it's very easy to uh, a big thing I like in this movie, not movie show, uh, is that there's stakes. Like people die. Oh yeah, regularly. <laughs> and I felt, I think going into it, I was thinking that there was going to be like, um, like a lot of um, knockouts. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he hit him over the head. Or, you know, like, oh, it's knockout gas. Or they'd get blown up, but they just get thrown against the wall, and then they'd be knocked out, right? But it's like, no, like, Jinx's character, for example, that's the one I most cared about with the with in terms of, like, the uh, the uh, the lethality mm. is that she's just blowing she's people murdering fucking people. up. Yeah. And it's like, it really makes you be like, oh, this person is really a problem, yeah. like an actual problem. Whereas I feel like most shows, like, they'll do, like, one or two things, and they'll maybe like I don't know what what show I'm thinking of, but they'll like cause an accident in the job that's going on, and uh, it'll cause like something fuck up, and it'll, they'll have like a devastating shot, but like you don't actually see anybody die, and so you're like, and then they're like, this person's a problem, they have to be dealt with, and it's just like that doesn't sell it to me. But when you see someone just straight up murking people with like grenades and guns and shit, it's like, oh yeah, this characters frog on yeah he's a problem my, my favorite character is jinx because of just the tragic the entire tragic thing yeah definitely it's the most so, developed character in the show i mean yeah it's just so sad <laughs> i don't know you know you have no idea how much i cried after that, that third episode uh the like the ninth ninth episode no the third episode oh oh when uh when she's still a kid yeah yeah that i was, was just that was devastating though. exactly i was Even just there like, i was like Oh, they're gonna make it out. Oh, they did—they're gone. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Dude, I did not. I was like, they just killed off like half of the main cast. Yeah, and like a fell kids swoop. too. You know, yeah, which is like you know. I'm like, holy shit, they're serious, bro. And then they fucking like did the. Oh my god, and like she gets like arrested by the cop in the end. Like V does. I'm just like, oh my. Oh, it's Vi. 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 Yeah, Vi gets arrested by the cop. I'm just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like. Every time, every time I hear that ending credit song, I just can't, can't yeah. emotionally withstand it. And that's when you know something's amazing. Mm-hmm. When you have that much of an emotional impact. Yeah, it just it's also like a, like it's just complete eye candy. Like the just from, uh, I, I'm pretty shit at digital art right now. Like, and by that I mean like I can do traditional art and scan it in and like edit it on Photoshop. But that's in my mind when I think digital art, I mean like straight up producing like painting mm. in, in Photoshop or Clip Studio Paint or any one of those, Procreate. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I've kind of gotten oversaturated, but that's my own fault of, like, subscribing to too many of these people and just looking at feeds with nothing but digital art. Mm. Um, and they're they're amazing, but it's just I've, like, be, kind of become desensitized to it. And so, because they're always static. You know, it's always just 2D images most of the time. And so Arcane was just blew me out of the water because it had that style that I see with a lot of people online um, that have like that almost flat painterly Mm. style, but just the movement on it and like everything that like just there's no scene in there to my recollection that doesn't look stunning. I know, dude, like there's always those moments where like when something's great Mm -hmm. where you just like feel it 
you know like that moment like holy shit this is amazing yeah so took a lot of talent and expertise so like to to pull that off man (sighs) like they did something right like it's it's done by like a studio called fortiche yeah in france yeah i love to work there at some point when i get the skill set so does everyone else yeah but they're not as good as me (laughs) (laughs) they had i think they had like literally thousands of applications after arcane came out oh yeah and there's they were only filling like 20 positions or something or like the you know like (laughs) that's the bummer about uh whenever you go online um uh for any of those sort of positions is they're always asked well the ones that i always see are senior concept artists senior this senior Mm -hmm. that it's just like i get it God, it fucking sucks, though. I just want nothing more than there to be an abundance of Entry studios level. and positions and things like that to produce stuff. But that's not how it is. And unfortunately, even I, I'm really on animation Twitter a lot. And oh, okay. uh, just tons of companies just fuck their people over in terms of animation. Oh, like, yeah. Rush it's schedules. So bad. And Marvel has only made it worse because with more success they've kind of like held themselves to the standard of like, we're going to pump out two, three Marvel movies a a year. Right. Yeah. And so you just rush jobs. I didn't even see Thor, uh, love and thunder, but I did see like someone referencing like, Oh my God, this is in a multi-million dollar movie. And it was like a terrible frame of animation or something like that. Mm. And, uh, nothing against those artists. It's like not, I'm not going to say it's their fault. It's just I understand what it was, which is just studios rushing people like that. So even if you get a job there, it just sucks. Yeah. Because you get, you know, like rushed and you don't get to do your best work. But Fortiche and Arcane is like definitely there's no. They took six years to make it. Yeah. There's no stink of rush on there. Yeah. At all. It's a fucking masterpiece of animation. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I can't wait until their next. Uh season yeah i hope it does take a little bit because i want that you know make sure they have the same kind of quality yeah Um, apparently uh i saw something today where um there's like a puss in boots movie coming out and apparently it has like the same like a similar uh well i don't actually no i'm thinking of uh into the spider verse another amazing yeah (laughs) yeah um which i think had similar technology of like flat painting but on 3d 3d objects Mm -hmm. uh but uh, apparently, like, it wasn't exactly the same, but it was very similar. <clears throat> I don't know what the actual relation relationship is. I just saw someone commenting, "Oh, like the same thing that made Puss in Boots, which apparently has a similar style. The new one that's coming out has a similar style to Into the Spider Verse. They're making the software open source, which is like, really yeah, which is like, oh my god, that's that's insane. Uh, yeah, I think maybe it's Pixar's animation software." They're making it up open source. What the fuck? Yeah. Well, well no, you know how the world is. Someone's getting paid. Someone, <laughs> someone's going to make tons of money off of this, and someone's going to get screwed over probably. <laughs> but, like, you know, cool right now as a concept. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, not everything is corrupt, Nicholas. Oh, yeah. Disney and Pixar. Nah, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> You kidding okay, me? Fair. You know how the, much you realize, control you realize Disney. Puss in Boots is not Disney or Pixar, right? Puss in Boots is DreamWorks. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Never mind then. Well, I don't know much about DreamWorks, but 
Anyways, yeah. So I, yeah, I misspoke. It's DreamWorks that they're releasing. Yeah. Their Not to say DreamWorks is any better than Disney, but you know, whatever. Yeah, just one <laughs> is obviously more infamous than the other. Yeah. I don't know about the other one, but I'm sure it'll have. It has some skeletons in its closet. But um, back to the what I was gonna say. There's like, when it comes to animation, especially, there's always that moment where I'm like, this is amazing, and like. With Spider Verse, it was when he jumps off the building after he puts on the black suit and actually, you know, ready to become Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That moment, the moment well, for me in Arcane, from a I guess animation standpoint, was the fight between uh, Jinx and, and Echo. Echo. Oh yeah, which is just awesome. I, I was staring at this. I was like, how I have I would have never even imagined seeing anything like this on a major production. Yeah, this is fucking beautiful <laughs> yeah it's beautiful it's it like, just oh my god there i cannot like <laughs> state enough their fight scenes like convey motion so fucking well yeah it's amazing like and and still keeping to that like 2d it's not like you're like oh i'm not watching a 3d object it's like i'm still watching a freaking 2d thing and it has like like paint smears to, it's just like awesome. they told an entire story in a two-minute battle scene yeah yeah, and they they made me feel for those two characters' relationship when they hadn't showed a single bit of it before that, which usually is not a good writing technique. But they did it so well that it worked amazingly. Yeah, uh, and there's no like fight scene in that uh, that show that feels like unnecessary, right? Or like has no purpose behind it. Like every single one imp- moves a character in some way. Yeah, like the first fight scene in the the second three episodes that you see where. Jinx is on the ship. You see, oh, she's a killer. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then that one versus uh, Jinx versus Echo. Yeah. You can see that they're like, you know, tied, and he's all like very conflicted and right. about this. And and uh, then the one it? with um, Vi and um, what's the Jace? councilman? Jason? Yeah, Jace. Where Something like that. Like he kills someone. Yeah, he accident. kills a kid. I yeah. was. That's exactly what I was thinking of yeah. because it's just like. That is such an opportunity to be like, all right, time to kick ass. You're just in a factory with some bad guys. Let's have a good old time, everybody. Yeah. And he even has music like it. You know, like the music honestly is cool. Uh, but like, you're like, all right, they're kicking. Oh. Oh. War crime. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh. <laughs> He's not coming back. <laughs> it's just there's so many fucking. In- there's so many things. I can't, dude. There's so this show overwhelms me with how much things you can talk about it and how amazing it is. Yeah, because it's like not only is it beautiful animation, not only is it amazing storytelling, not only not only do they have compelling characters, but they also have so much shit to say about society on top of all of that. Yeah, and it's like, how do they do it? Like the for me, the relationship between Vi and Jace was really, like, in that moment was super. It's just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And she's like, oh, so now you see a little bit of a glimpse of how our life is and what the necessary things are. are. Now you don't want to do it and get your hands dirty. And it's mm-hmm. like, on the one hand, I see, you know, you see Jace's point of view. You don't want to, like, fucking kill, murder children. But on the other hand, you see, like, they're, like this is just how life is and you don't know because you're a privileged piece of shit who's never had to deal with anything like this. You know, it's just like, ah, so compelling. This is what media is supposed to be about. Yeah. And it's uh, it's about a game where you you click around. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. bro. How do they do it? <laughs> well, I mean, like it's uh, like I can't think. I guess going back to like the larger view, like of uh, of everything, it's like it just it's just a different way. It's like how um, 
I think, oh, it's like how IPs, IPs should be treated, right? Yeah. Instead of like the underlying issue, like obviously there's a money incentive. There's a money incentive behind all of this. Like right. The amount of people who picked up League after that. But like, I just feel like some people don't execute it well. Like I will say as much as I, like I'm off of Marvel movies now, that first, like, uh, like what is it? Iron Man to Endgame. Awesome. Amazing. Revolutionized, like uh, how to use an IP or a large IP. Um, this is similar. Like I feel like they did, they know how to use their IPs really well. Mm. I don't play the game, so maybe I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just feel like anything that is able to create like various pieces of, of media using an IP um, and like the music, right? They have like music characters that they've created or like musicians. Well, they, they, they literally have like, um, well, yeah, they have the music characters because they just came out, but they have people like Porter Robinson and like some, you know, like K-pop bands like making music for them and shit. And like yeah. they know their audience. <laughs> yeah, they have a uh, was it Imagine Dragons? Yeah, uh, yeah. The the fight scene with Vi and Jace uh, it has Miyavi. Uh, he's oh really? I didn't yeah. know that. Damn. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I feel like I see his name whenever I play. Um, but the what else? They're their their game is fun. I'm not gonna say it's not fun. Like I, it is fun, and obviously, like a lot of people love it, and it's right. a huge esports thing. And now they're coming out with a fighting game that's gonna be free to play. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it's gonna it's it looks oh, they awesome. know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, they and it, apparently, like even the fighting game, like it has uh, like a requirement or a not a requirement, but like a really good thing for fighting games to have, which is like rollback netcode, and it's free to play as well, which. Uh, I don't play a lot of fighting games, but I do kind of immerse myself in that that field and or in that community. And um, like the thing to to save fighting games nowadays is uh, making it free to play because like making fighting games like cost fifty bucks is like you know it just takes a lot of I feel like it takes skill to have fun mm-hmm. and um, creating like you have to pay fifty dollars basically to like get good at a game before you start having fun and then people anyways like it does a really good job the fighting game hasn't come out yet we'll see how that goes but it looks cool the 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 animation style of the fighting game looks awesome yeah i mean so i have a friend who is obsessed with league and wants always 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 asked me to play with him i've been resisting him to this point but like one of the things that he like started trying to do is like started show me characters of like oh look at this character and their lore yeah. Maybe you want to play them. And that's the one time I was like some almost interested in doing it. Yeah. And I think that's how they, they get people in is like through their characters. Yeah. Which oh, is absolutely which is why they create all this content around it because that's what people go into it for. It's yeah. like this is my main, this is who I want to be, and they've realized that and know how to capitalize on that. I mean and I mean obviously it sounds like manipulative, but like it's it's entertainment, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think I like, don't think building a quality product is manipulative. Yeah. I think uh like yeah, Overwatch, Overwatch is something similar. Blizzard definitely tried. I don't know why. Well, I know why. I played Overwatch more than I did League, and I think what killed Overwatch was that they created some unbalanced characters and I just they kind of let the hype die down like it has a similar style you have to pay for it but like the the characters that you get are free and you get them immediately when you have the game um and a lot of people i feel like play it because of that hell i even purchased the uh because they're making a second one um but not really it's just more like a dlc to the first game okay um which they make they make changes uh but they don't it's not like 
it, it's weird. The second Overwatch is like, for now, I, I th- actually, I'll take that back. They're adding a lot of PVE content, which uh, the first game didn't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the multiplayer looks very, very similar. Like, they made mm-hmm. change, structural changes to the game, but you're still playing on the same maps, most of the same characters. Only, like, a handful of the characters have reworks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll like, Overwatch, I feel like, had the same sort of setup. It definitely had the hype to become, like, something where you, like, get IP around it. Like, they had, sh- like, their trailers for a lot of stuff. People were super invested in the lore. Mm. I think what happened also is they changed over someone who was handling it and they kind of let the whole lore bit die because people were super invested in like the characters and I was too. Damn. And uh, they just kind of let it die out. (laughs) Now people people don't care as much. I mean, I bought the beta access to Overwatch 2 just to see if it was like Mm. still had it. It didn't really feel that much different than Overwatch 1. (laughs) I mean, Genshin is, does the same thing with the characters. That's literally the biggest selling point, and you don't get the characters for free. <laughs> yeah, that's how they oh, get their money. Dude, that, like, <laughs> I feel like, I've yeah, yeah, they have something similar, but there's something way more addictive about Gotcha games. Oh yeah, Gotcha games are completely different, and that's I guess <laughs> I am putting too much similarities between that and League, but like, yeah, because it's not the same since it is a Gotcha system, which is very different in a lot of ways. Uh, the uh. I mean, I'll be honest. I feel like gotcha games like sell off of sex appeal. Like, am I wrong in thinking that people? Well, no, just... because Clash of Clans is a gotcha game. Oh, I guess I don't know what I'm saying when I'm saying gotcha games. Like, what's a gotcha game? Okay, obvi- yeah, no. I mean, obviously, yes, most of them do. Most of them are just waifus that you want to buy waifus. That's yeah. what most like, gotcha games are. <laughs> Fuck, I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw myself in the river. <laughs> To be fair, I did. There were some guys I was trying to get in Genshin because you know I actually wanted to play the game. But I'm not gonna lie that there was also another other incentives. But anyway, <laughs> back to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, point. Um, yeah, I get. Hu Tao is the best girl, but uh, regardless, <laughs> I don't know. I can't argue. I'll say Amber is the best girl. Oh, oof. I know. Dude, that's not know functionally. <laughs> I know not functionally. I know I, I I do hear that she's like weak or something like that. She's literally the worst, probably the worst character in the game. I think she looks the best. That's fair. All the other characters look kind of. Actually, I won't even speak. I do like the the t- character design in that. Um, but anyway, back to the point. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's mostly waifu bait, but there are some that are like different. I'm trying to remember a good example. So I'm pretty sure well, no, it's not Clash of Clans, is it? It might not be Clash of Clans, because I feel like there's a lot of mobile games that are like that as well. That are like yeah, they're always called like something Honkai Impact. That's also Genshin Impact. That's the same studio. Oh really? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was their first game, and then they made Genshin. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, most of them are waifu bait. Yes. Yeah, I don't think League sells off of that. Uh, as much I feel like it's it's early designs when it was first starting as a game like if you look at like the way Jinx and Caitlyn and I don't know about Vi but I know like all other female characters and male characters are super hot and you know buff and ripped and yeah. sexy right but I don't think that it sells off of that now I, I feel like if anything the I'll actually say definitively well not definitively 
I'll say based off of the trailer I saw recently, they they showed a character, uh, and at the beginning of the character, at the beginning of the trailer, the character was like in this form that was like a female form, and and then it turns into the dark form. Are you talking about the Starlight? What's the Starlight? I don't remember. Star what Guardians? It. I think it's called Star Guardians. I don't know, but it was a league trailer, right? And it turns into a monster. Like a like she's in a dream and it's like a half. Where there's like a, a dark version of her now. No, it okay. like turns into Never a straight up monster, and I remember people were like, "Finally!" I thought at the beginning of this trailer there was going to be another, you know, attractive thing, but it's like I just want a, you know, cool void character or something like that. Mm. And I saw a lot of comments like that on Twitter and on the YouTube comments, and I was like, "Okay, cool." So people aren't like, you know, just buying this for the purpose of like, you know, having hot characters to fawn after but i think that's if you think about it that's also kind of part of the game because like you don't really get to see the characters since it's a type since it's a top down game like you're really buying the character or you're into the character because if it's abilities and it's lore right and, and it's designed too but it's just like when you're playing the game it's like a top down like there's no appealing thing. Whereas, yeah, that's true. Genshin is like first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First thing you do. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Nicholas was looking up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm not afraid to say it. That's the first thing I did. <laughs> when they're climbing the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can always. It's like always there. So. uh Persona is kind of that way, except Persona has Jesus like Christ. the main game has like janky animation, and then like the title, the 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 text boxes have like the more appealing character. But like, I what were we getting into? Like comparing the, them? Yeah, appeal of of gotcha games is yeah. usually waifus. But you're saying that League is different because it's not just about waifus. Yeah, I don't think that it is. I don't. Yeah, I, I would like agree. I mean, I think it's. I think they've developed to the point where like people are more invested just in the lore and plot and characters in general. Yeah, and it's part of it, but it's not the main thing. While Genshin, I think, definitely still is mainly about that and only about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the. I just. I don't know. Uh, anime in general, uh, and I'll say the games too. Really hard to sell me on like that these characters are all like friends. Like they say it over and over again. Like we're friends. We're best of friends. Come on, you're my favorite guy, right? Like they say stuff like that, but they don't really sell it to me. Like Persona, Persona kind of sells it to me, but it still has like that weird, like overt, like tells you that you're friends and hits you overhead with it multiple yeah. times until you're like, okay, we're friends. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, there's just not a lot of games out there, like in uh, like anime that just like sell me on the actual friendship on. Uh, or not friendship the interaction of the characters hmm. League didn't do that for me either but now because of this show I'm more invested in the lore and the story of it because these feel like real characters yeah. that like have relationships with each other which is cool but uh, I think back to way back to my original point I feel like most IPs just are terrible at monetizing uh, in a non-despicable way <laughs> Um, so everything just comes off as like just a cash grab, a cash yeah. grab, a cash grab. Like, um, well, a lot of book adaptations I feel like are like that. Dude, they're just don't, <laughs> don't even get me started, man. There are just so many. The uh, the fantasy thing, the fantasy uh, 
show the, the status of fantasy shows right now after Game of Thrones is just terrible in my opinion. Well, like, even Game of Thrones shit the bed at the end. So. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I I agree. I do like a I did like Game of Thrones up to the end. Uh, I well, think, yeah, same here. I think most people did. <laughs> like even to the end, I think oh, I still really? like found aspects of it to like. Oh, I, okay. But I think that's just because I didn't like. I wasn't part of the the hype all the way right mm. i kind of binged it when it was finished so i didn't have as much like attachment to like oh what is this person going to do is it going to end up like how i thought it was going to end up yada 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 right i was just like ah oh, sweet cool resolution <laughs> i did find it kind of sad that like the 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 zombie army and the the was it the white walkers didn't go further than what it was mm-hmm. but like whatever um well it's cuz they rushed it yeah, I so yeah. It probably would have gone further, but yeah. Uh, but still a good show overall. Mm-hmm. Like still a damn good fantasy show overall. Uh, I saw like Amazon released a um, what is it? Amazon released a show based off of the the Wheel of Time, uh, books, and it was just. I couldn't even get through the first episode because it was so obvious how much they were just like fucking gas pedal is all the way down. <laughs> like they're flying by stuff like characters are getting introduced to each other and then, all right, we got to go. You know, and it's just like something that it took in the book so long to do, you know, uh, it just, they got there by episode two. And I know that I know, I know, I know that media like, visual media obviously speeds things up but it's just too much for my taste maybe yeah. like lord of the rings was great but i don't i don't know maybe it's not a good comparison because i read the books after i saw the movies but there's <laughs> there's a difference like <laughs> i feel like lord of the rings you can try and go as slow as you want in visual media and you will still be going way too fast for Tolkien because <laughs> he's describing like the shape of plants and the fucking family history of every single family in the Shire. <laughs> and you're like, am I in history or am I <laughs> reading a fantasy book? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can still like hit beats of like the the good moments and like, not, but this is a show. Like, so if it's a show and you're Amazon and you have as much money as Amazon, Take your time, man. Yeah, I like don't... take your time. Let it mer- let it become the next Game of Thrones, you know. And yeah. don't like well, because Game of Thrones took me a while to get into it. I watched the first episode like three times before I finally actually started watching it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I didn't get. I think I got like one time I got up to like episode three and I was still bored, so I stopped. And then the next time I came and got to like episode four, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, this is why it's good. It's weird how it, how it takes the sometimes it yeah. just takes your brain to be like, all right, I'm in the mood for this now. Yeah, I say it all the time. People like you recommend me things all the time, and I'm like, I promise I will watch it, but just I have to be in the mood for yeah, it. That's you know? not... It's like sex. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, it's true. Okay, you know on. it. <laughs> We're moving. We on. all know it. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have to okay moving back to the actual or topic food? At hand. all right fine food for the for, for those who don't know nicholas looks like legolas from the lord of the rings movies right now so how does that relate to anything that i said <laughs> that is what the is hardest, the, how does that you, is the hardest how does it segue. Use to relate to anything we said 
we, I just talked about how consuming media requires you being in a certain mood, right? <laughs> you, which is your brain. Doing something requires you being in the mood, which seems to be kind of an erratic and like uh, arbitrary time period. So that's Ar- hold on, arbitrary <laughs> mood, right? No. You just have to wait for your brain to get there, right? Same thing with sex. Sometimes you're just like, all right, I'm in the mood. I don't know what it is, but it's time to go. Right. Same thing with food. I guess I'll just say hunger. For those who can't see, I have my head in my hands right now. <laughs> yeah. For those who can't see, uh, Gabriel gets no bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's in a relationship. Uh, you're I'm right. I don't inside. have a bitch. I have Anna. She's amazing. Fuck All right. You. For the folks at home, I just shot myself. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, like. And what's unfortunate is that this movie, those books to me are, I feel like are comparable in terms of like where they stand in like the fantasy literature genre, the wheel of time books, like very big staple of fantasy, uh, very influential on other books and other fantasy that's written. Um, and they have a, they have a Lord of the Rings show coming out and Uh-oh. I was basically going to gauge how good, whether I'm going to watch that or not based off of this other one. It is not looking good, brother. But it's completely different creators. Like you can't really judge it based on that. It's the same studio, and like I, well, I, I say that it's they're both Amazon. No, so Amazon. Mean, I mean, like most studios don't tend to always have the same people. Like even from episode to episode, sometimes there's different directors and people on it. So like you can't really say just because it's the same studio it's going to be like DreamWorks. <laughs> they make some shit ass movies but they also make like Shrek you know I guess that's true I just feel like I know what their per- what their intention is behind this which is we gotta get the next Game of Thrones I mean like, that's true that's they're releasing two fantasy big, like heavyweight fantasy series adaptations like close to each other like there's nothing they're they're trying to hit Game of Thrones which is like you don't get success. You don't get success like Game of Thrones by trying to be Game of Thrones, right? You get success by just doing things well. And I feel like what always happens is good concepts always get fucked up because studios try and interfere. It's the same thing that happened with DC and Marvel. Like Marvel created the Avengers, hit the fucking jackpot, and then DC is like, "Holy shit, we have to catch up." Yeah. Even regardless, there's like tons of different creators on the on DC, but it doesn't matter because like the studio is pushing for an agenda, and that always comes with the same sort of like error, which is it feels rushed. Right. That's exactly what I felt the first episode on that thing, which was a, which was like rush, and I maybe the Lord of thing the Lord of the Rings one will be different because. Uh, the Wheel of Time is like a series of books. It's like fifteen fan- fantasy books, um, and it's very it's linear. Like it goes forward. This one, uh, since it's Tolkien, I'm pretty sure it's just based off of lore. It's a story that they've constructed out of lore. So maybe it, it will be better because it's not like we're adapting the Lord of the Rings book. We have to get through book one through three, okay. or The Hobbit. You know where I have to get through book one. <laughs> um, it's like alright we're going to con- construct a narrative from like the building blocks of what this guy has built so maybe it'll be good I'll, okay. I'll say that it's structurally different so maybe it's less difficult to rush yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit I was looking at some of the stuff for the Avatar last I render Netflix adaptation the live action which 
is going to be an interesting <laughs> why do we need live action adaptations i'm so fucking over this whole mentality <laughs> I, know. I know that the, i know why i know they're they're like oh western markets they think and they do uh they think the animation is for kids and it's cartoons and shit like that which i guess they're proving right because apparently like a lot of different streaming platforms are just cutting the budget on like animated originals recently uh which fucking sucks because I don't give a, a rat's ass about most of the like uh, shit. <laughs> it, I I'll, I'll say this: if they adapted like a Umbrella Academy with Netflix, that's a graphic novel that was adapted into a live action. If they had done it animated, I would have cared way more because it is always better, in my opinion. There's yeah. never a situation where. Well, you have to like the thing that these people don't understand is that they always respond to what's right now instead of thinking about what's the future, which is like yes, animation right now is seen as only for kids, but in the future, if you continue to create animation that's like excellent and and you know it's not meant just for kids like things like Arcane, mm-hmm. then you will change that. Yeah, and you can actually make like it's the whole it's instead of the hammer approach of like trying to, you know, go with whatever. That's not a good example. Um. Well, I mean, it's what it is. the 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 metaphor is instead of doing the hammer approach, you do the magnet approach. So instead of trying to force something on people like what you think they want, yeah, you you bring gravitate people towards what you have. Yeah, by creating a quality product. Yeah, and yeah. you're confident in what you have, That's not which is what, what fucking Western <laughs> most Western things are about. They're just not about that. Like the Mario, which is movie ridiculous. That's why Chris they, they Pratt. have so many flops. Yeah. The Mario movie with Chris, it's just every, it sucks. And we always keep on coming back to it, even though I don't want to, which is like the issue is not even really with the directors and creative decisions. It's just the money people. It always is the money people yeah, who true. are ruining shit. <laughs> it is always the money people in every possible situation. Animation rushed because of money people because they have to, you know, because they made too soon or their projections were too soon on uh, that they told their investors yeah. or something like that. Games, the exact same way. Voice acting, like voice actors getting pushed out of roles because um, little Timmy wants to go, wants to hear Mario voiced by fucking Star-Lord instead <laughs> of like some guy he doesn't know who actually sounds like Mario. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? It's going to be dog shit. <laughs> the moment that they said, uh, the only person who deserves to be in that actual like cast like as a as a person is Jack Black. That's it. Or the guy who voiced Mario for like thirty years. <laughs> no, no, no. But like I'm talking about like the actual people they they said that they casted. Oh, oh yeah. I see, Jack I see, Black's I see. the only one where I'm like, oh yeah, Jack Black's always a good one. Yeah, he I, he can be in anything. <laughs> I don't care. He's super cool and like an actual well, an actual creator. You know, not just yeah. an actor. Like he's a right, musician. right, right. He's a cool dude. And then Ani Taylor Joy can stay, but that's just because I love her. You know you're not going to see her, right? It's an animated movie. I will close my eyes <laughs> and let my mind do the work. Jesus fucking Christ. Nah. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean. Ooh, she's going to be in the next Mad Max movie. That's going to be that that cross, that, that nexus of interests right there is super me. That Venn diagram is a circle, buddy. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is we do have Avatar Studios now, which means that we're going to have some more av- animated Avatar content that's actually going to be good for the original creators. Yeah. Um, And they've already said they're going to make a movie about, or I don't know if it's a movie or a TV show about um, Them the crew. Up. Yeah, growing up. 
Yes. How hard is that to, to, <laughs> to know? We've built up over just three seasons, right? It's just three seasons yeah. in the original. We built up this amazing relationship that all these people love. Why would you not? Con- why would you not continue with that? There was actually plans to make a fourth season of Avatar originally, and Nickelodeon said no. <sighs> Money people, dude. Because they were. Oh yeah, no. The reason they did it. The reason they didn't make the fourth season was because of the live action movie that Shyamalan made back like ten years ago, which is the <laughs> biggest fucking. So instead of getting a fourth season of Avatar, we got that movie instead. <laughs> dude. It's so ridiculous. I saw some TikTok recently that was uh that really kind of hit home, uh, which was and I don't know if it's true, but it was like a clip from a podcast, and the podcast had like a guy whose TikToks that I see. Maybe you've seen him. He has like a he has like a red mustache and red hair, kind of like in a mullet. Um, oh, is he the one who does like the um? He has like the yeah. music starts like hits in. He's like, I didn't ask for your opinion, like. He like pretends to be a store clerk. Is that not the right guy? No, no, no. It, it, I, yeah, you're right. I know who that guy is. He's pretty fucking funny. Um, but uh, no, this guy. Anyways, he he has uh, you know, anti-capitalist sentiments. Um, but um, the uh, podcast was great because it said, uh, you know, like so many things, like so many people who are like creative geniuses or creatively inclined that are really good at it. Uh, are not producing things uh, because they just they they have to support themselves and they can't because they're stock they're stocking like fucking you know um, they they're stocking like you know shelves and shit like that and uh, they're mo- more of their time is not spent you know on their own lives and right. he, they said something about like the time when the Beatles came along like there was a like a welfare state or it was like like there was a greater welfare state and so like it was you were able to do stuff like produce music and you'd have like music movements and things like that. Mm. I don't know if what they said is historically accurate, but in theory it is so true and just yes. sad that like people have to be like money motivated constantly um, on an individual scale to do anything to yeah. create, to produce anything. Right. Uh, we've talked about this time and time again, but just like the, the pressure to monetize your, your stuff is just ever present and just, I don't know. It's so well, sad because there's so many amazing things that we could, like, you can't even conceptualize it, right? Because it's like thinking about the existence of jazz before jazz exists, right? Or cubism or impressionism before it even exists. But you can still bank on the amazing, like, take the sentiment that you had towards those movements and just imagine something that great yeah, could be made. And it's just not because, like, people are not... I mean, maybe it maybe it's been dispersed because of the internet, and so like movements don't occur because there's so much like ubiquitous reach, like to your target audience. So there's no like movements are great like uh, style changes. There's just like lots of different niches. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like there are not enough people who are able to create things without like having to worry about their lives. Like even content creators nowadays, like. Like I see even the most successful ones, uh, well, they probably make millions of dollars, but it's like, if you're not investing that, like, how are you going to retire, man? Like, are yeah. you banking on people like constant, con- continuing to watch you forever? Yeah. Like I, I can't, 
I've moved on from several content creators that I used to think that I love their shit and never going to stop watching them. But it's just like you grow out of it right. or you get bored of it. But also, like, what are you going to do? Like, like uh, I don't know. There's so much. I'm thinking of streamers in particular. Uh, and I'm going to I guess I'm comparing it to like talk show hosts, like talk show hosts show up for an hour. Or they're on they're on screen for an hour, right? And their stuff gets edited down by other people, right? And you know, the streamers are on for eight hours, yeah. You know, d- multiple days in a row, like and and also your content for a lot of streamers is reliant on games, yeah. So you're not even reliant. Well, I shouldn't. I'm not being rude. Like I don't want to be rude. I'm not saying it's not, their personality sucks. It's just like. It's your personality plus something else. Right. That's what the appeal is with streaming most of the time. There are a lot of people in just chatting, but like I feel like what people know streaming is games plus personality. Right. And uh, yeah, just that profit incentive. It sucks. I hate that we're not, even though we very well could be there already. Uh, we just we're not because of oh yeah we definitely have enough resources the in the world to provide for everyone, but we just don't, we choose not to. It's not a it's not a necessary thing is an uh, option that we choose because we've decided this is the best way to do things when it isn't but um i mean i Just agree with like you it's like do you arcane. know <laughs> do you know how much better our society would be if we if everyone had the same opportunities that some of the wealthy and like upper echelon people had cuz all those people have opportunities that no one below them have uh, nearly at least, at least not as much of a rate anyway like a not as high of a probability so because of that, we're missing on so much potential of people who are like, probably could be the next whatever, anything you can think of, whether it's art, whether it's creativity, whether it's, you know, some, you know, technology or scientific discoveries, you know, anything, but they can't because they're bogged down by our system and they can't do anything about it. And we've probably lost millions of people like that to like poverty and to just living a life of just working their entire lives without doing anything. Yeah. Instead of being able to actually contribute to society in a positive manner. Because, we, I mean, what are they doing with working all the time? They're not contributing in anything that's actually helping anyone. <laughs> most yeah, of the time. I mean, most there's of obviously jobs that survive, we, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, there's jobs that are necessary to keep society running. But I guarantee you, a majority of the jobs that we have that exist today are not that way. <laughs> Especially, like, office jobs are, like, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, they're just I, there just because someone has to make money somewhere. Yeah, I mean that's a hundred percent true. I can just tell you from personal experience on that one. It's a very inefficient system. Everyone says capitalism is efficient. It's not. It's a very inefficient system. <laughs> Incredibly inefficient. Yeah, like super. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean it's been in- inefficient ever since the uh, the trajectory of innovation uh, plateaued. Ver- no, no, no. Yeah, the trajectory of innovation plateaued with our uh, and stopped being parallel to profit incentive. Right. Like the moment we we realized we could make quality products that lasted forever, they're like, oh fuck, we can't do that. We're gonna stop. People are gonna stop buying light bulbs or <laughs> something like that because we make one that lasts a hundred years or yeah. something like that. Which conspiracy theory or not, just makes sense. I like. I don't care what you have to say. Yeah, it's a profit book. Why yeah. would why would you make a good product that lasts for a long time when you could just make a shit product and they have to buy another one the next year? Yeah, but it is kind of weird because I think it like it kind of leads into a discussion, probably not for this episode, but like a larger discussion on like human nature, because I feel like human nature like we're built to overcome obstacles, right? But what happens when let's say we achieve that level of society, 
and we're built that way based off of like evolution uh like our brains just maintain like it, it needs something to overcome right that's why it releases dopamine whenever you go and work out wherever you, whenever you like win something or do well on a test like you have rewards in your brain and you're you're driven to overcome obstacles because overcoming obstacles means that you're surviving right but what happens when like all that sort of stuff becomes solved for right you'll never solve it because um i mean just with the, what you said going to the gym playing video games you know self, uh, taking a test none of that is required for us to survive right We've already like we already have a middle class, especially in developed countries, that doesn't have any really need, like like survival need, right? They have most of their needs met, and yet they're still be able able to be ambitious and they're still able to do a lot of stuff because they they create those obstacles themselves. So, for example, if you don't have an obstacle of like, oh, well, I need to make money so I can survive today, if you already have enough for whatever rest of your life even mm -hmm. you just create your own obstacles like okay i want i am gonna set this goal for myself and you know like i want to become a professional soccer player that's setting a goal for yourself and that's creating obstacles and you're still gonna you know overcome those obstacles and still have a lead a good life you don't need to ha survival is not the only way to create obstacles for people yeah so, i mean like when i say survival i i was actually thinking about this in the car earlier today uh because i was thinking about how I would explain and defend this this stance is like when I say survival I don't necessarily mean like oh you're gonna die it's more like the human uh how do I say this like the psychological necessity for staying where you are right staying afloat so like not survival but just guaranteeing that you don't fall down the hierarchical like socioeconomic ladder you know what I'm saying like Sure, you're not going to die, but, like, you will become closer to dying because of it, which is, like, still survival, if you know what I'm saying. Like, so the middle class, for example, like, they're not going to die immediately if they stop working, but they will eventually, you know, if right. they stop working. So we're not at that point yet. We still have the need to solve. But I'm talking about it's it's sci it's science fiction at this point that we're talking about where it's, like, robots take care of everything, like, absolutely everything. So there's no need for farmers or factory workers or accountants or even lawyers uh, because you just have AI that cites certain levels of league uh, of of law and is capable of doing that I think I still think we already have examples today anyone who's a millionaire or billionaire does not need to do anything for the rest of their life especially if they're their hundred millions right mm -hmm. like even like again back, back to professional players right they're set for life but they're still demanding more of themselves and still becoming ambitious and still doing more and more and more. Shaquille O'Neal doesn't need to do shit. He could do the, nothing for the rest of his life and he'd probably be okay. But he continues to do it because he wants to, right? Ambition doesn't come from survival. Ambition comes from other aspects that I don't, you know, I don't think we even understand necessarily. Uh, no, I think um, it comes from survival. I think it's a mechanism left over from survival. Well, like he's like, here's what I mean. That this is almost. No, case no I don't point. think it's survival. I think ambition comes from wanting more and wanting to become the best. Like I don't think, for, like people who have everything except for themselves, like Trump, he didn't have to become president. He literally could have done nothing his entire life, and he would have mm -hmm. been fine again. Mm -hmm. But. He decided he wanted to do more and more because he wanted to, because he wanted to overcome his own obstacles, because he wanted, and that ambition doesn't come from any sense of like needing to survive. Right. I, I, I think I'm not explaining myself well enough. Like, 
it is survival, but it's something, it's a mentality and a mechanism within our brain that was forged by years of evolution of survival. But like, like what they have is something that, that's exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like what's gonna happen when there is no need for survival, but that mechanism is, that mechanism is still running, right? Like the need to, like we don't, we're not really, how do I say this? We're not fulfilling the purpose of survival. We're fulfilling the purpose of the mechanism, right? Which is to seek rewards and overcome goals over and over and over again, which is something that came about from our need for survival, right? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, so your point is is true in the sense like, yeah, they don't have, it's not from survival, but it is something that is a leftover vestige. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's an example of what we probably will see in the future. If everyone, everyone's, everything's provided for, that's, that kind of behavior is probably what we're going to see. And but that's there's like, people who, there's wealthy people who are lazy as fuck and don't do anything and even like lose their inheritance or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's other people who take that and go even further, right? So, like what? Like, like, like what? Like, what do you mean? Like, what do they, they go even, they go even further. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, like, I mean, I'll go back to Trump, even though he's a terrible person. Like, mm-hmm. he went beyond what his dad did, right? Be- even though his dad was already extremely wealthy. Same thing with Elon Musk. His dad was extremely wealthy, and he went further than his dad has at this point and has become one of the richest people in the world, or is the richest person in the world, right? So, like, it's these people who, like, already were set for life, didn't have to do anything if they wanted to, mm-hmm. but they decided they were going to do more anyway because they wanted to do something else. And that, and that's... I think a good example of like that that doesn't come from a need to survive, right? Necessarily. It comes from the mechanism that was forged for survival. Yes, but like it's not forged in life because you struggled necessarily. Like it does come from struggle, but it doesn't come from struggle of life and death. It comes from different types of struggles where people that like struggle with like maybe family issues or like um, some sort of conflict in their childhood, but it's not necessarily um like you were poor and you became rich right like that's basically my argument is like a lot of people especially on the right think that you have to like get down dirty and like you know live a hard life at the beginning to become successful and be ambitious Mm -hmm. that's not the case because if that were the case everyone every single wealthy person in the entire world would not do shit with anything that they have because why would they they have everything they need the reason people are ambitious in my view is because I think some people are just naturally born more ambitious than others and others are more cultivated that way through their upbringing and for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think we'll see when we provide for everyone that will play out the same way. Some people are going to do a lot more with what they're provided for. Other people are not. And that's fine. Some people are just not going to do anything with it. And that's totally okay. A lot of people though, especially people who previously in our current system would not have that opportunity, would use that opportunity to do more with it. I just, I, I, I get what you're saying. I just feel like there's a certain thing, like once the, once the barrier of survival or sorry, the threat of survival is gone. Like, I feel like that does something like you can say that we're going to create like artificial goals for each other. But I feel like even the artificial goals, there's still something at the back of your head that's telling you, like if I don't do this, like if I don't if I don't do this, I'm going to die, right? Or I'm going to fall down the ladder and to a point where I might die, right? I feel like that is somewhere ever present in your brain because we're all just we're, we're all just cells, right? We're all just cells that are just trying to operate and operating off of an old code, right? And a lot of that code is stored in our cells and it's useless, right? 
But I feel like, like rich people, for example, you say, well, they create, uh, they create obstacles for themselves. But like, are those people happy? Because it seems like they create obstacles of like, like we always talk about words like pushing other people down, right? For what reason? The only thing that drives them. And this is kind of where you get into an almost like religious perspective of like, like Buddhism, like, like withdrawing yourself. Like the ultimate, the only way forward to, to transition humanity is not to keep on or not transition to progress humanity. And I guess by extension, evolve past what we currently are is to get overcome the mechanism right and to live and be happy with what you currently have and not have the desire for another goal which is weird which is a really weird concept but like these people create this it's just like a it's like a car without a steering wheel right like these these millionaires have no direction right they just are operating off of like i gotta keep going it's like why it's like you said like why why do they need to keep doing that and if if everybody gets to that level of like uh, not having to really care about um, survival or working because all of the robots take care of everything. Like, why do we need to keep going? Why do we need to set goals? Because it seems like, is that what humanity is going to be forever? Does nobody like think that that's like, does that not fill anybody with existential dread? Because then at that point, we effectively just become like wind up toys. You know, not really. No, like, there's always more because to where we go to the next planet to to move and do the same thing or to basically like like in a game where you go to another planet that way it's like new game plus where you can thrive on the settlement and and work hard and for what purpose to expand forever i mean yeah why because that's just the i mean that's just the natural trajectory of where we've gone and it's like to me it doesn't really make sense that you you know humans I'm I'm and they're very much a believer of things happen for a reason. So like humanity exists for a reason and we're doing these things for a reason, right? And so like clearly none of this would be happening I feel like if we if it wasn't meant to happen. I do believe that. I know that sounds awful, but like especially with how we are currently, but like I do think that we are meant to be better than what we are right now and continue to ex- improve and expand that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean we're going to expand forever like you said humanity is probably going to cease to exist at some point mm-hmm. but i do think that like we're going to have ups and downs and continue but slowly but surely continue to move forward as um a species but i, I mean i think your question just goes to the point of what's the point of life in general which i think is a completely separate question than what i'm arguing i don't really think it matters what the point of life is as from humanity standpoint, mm-hmm. I think that's something that each individual gets to decide for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I'd like, agree. I'd I don't s- think that we need to set one for humanity, but I also think mm-hmm. that if we are going to exist, then it doesn't matter what the point of life is or what the point of humanity is. I just want to make sure everyone is as good taken care of as they can be. Yeah. And that we're having a society that functions for everyone. Right. And that's really all I care about. Like everything else is philosophical and we can ask those questions later. But like Yeah. I completely agree. No, like I should I would never advocate for us not going forward and getting to that point because I feel like the only moral stance is mitigating suffering. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> like you're right. I, it is something where we should consider it once we get to that point. But you know, I can't help but like skip ahead and be like, 
Yeah, it's well, a fair question. What the fuck question. is the point of like getting to that point? Then, like, I know we want to mitigate suffering, but then it's just like, all right, we get there, right? We've evolved to the point where nobody has to do anything anymore. Like, you're never gonna mitigate suffering, though. That's the thing. I mean, like, that's why things like mental health issues be- become more then, of a, like a prevalent. What is the because... point of it to if it is never going to be completely mitigated, and there's because... always going to be an what is the point of continually moving forward? It's like I feel like because you always want to do better. It's like but what's why? the point of but what's the like what's the point of continuing to improve yourself like health wise right uh, your body right because uh, you want it's to it's a biological drive so that I can eventually reproduce it's something instinctual <laughs> and it and and I'm not saying like at its I'm not saying this this is something that I have to actively work against because it, it just throws me in the fucking trenches of existentialism and dread but like I feel like most of our drives are instinctual and are are our consciousness just applies everything around us and applies it to that issue and like kind of covers up the issue in a different blanket, you know, and turns into a different shape. But ultimately it's still the same framework of why do we do this? Because we have a biological imperative to continue forward. Yeah. But does that matter? Yeah. I feel like it matters when you have the awareness of that and you have the ability to question why. And then you just think like, what is the purpose behind this? Like if I am just a wind up toy, I'd rather not have the ability to know that I'm a wind up toy. Right. I'd like to just continue forward, not knowing this. Right. And I feel like, well, uh, we're, we completely lost the thread of this uh, original <laughs> podcast, but like, I just feel like the, uh, <laughs> This happens every time. It's okay. <laughs> it's just hard for me not to think about how, like, our awareness of death is a byproduct of development that wasn't meant to happen. That's what I think. And it, and everything here is, like, rationalization, which does not necessarily mean that it's right. It's just, like, trying to understand the building blocks of the universe. It, it's just a little bit too far down the line. That's why I like to focus on, like, small things because then you just start thinking about like just too many things because it's things that we'll never see because we won't live to see it yeah which but is why, why i don't think about it yeah i guess so because it's not up for us for to decide i mean i i know it i guess obviously i'm being a little facetious here because i know it's just, just a philosophical argument yeah but i don't know why for me and this is something i kind of discovered when i went to i took some philosoph- philosophy classes in school mm-hmm it's like I just don't really have a particular interest in questioning things in that regard because I just feel like all it all all of this because this is not actually going to lead to anything, right? Us discussing this doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So then why do we discuss it other than the because to me the I feel like the only effect it has is just making us feel like we don't need to do anything. Does that make sense? Like no, I mean, like it feels like giving up, and it feels like neg- it feels like we're going in a negative direction now because yeah. no, we're, no, 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 we're, we're questioning why we were doing this. Yeah, I I get what you're saying, and I don't think questioning why is a is an is an implicit statement of saying we shouldn't do this. I don't think it is. I think it's just like my brain tr- tends towards uh, or trends towards like, okay, what next? What next? What next? Because, I mean, we already have like. Like mechanically, we've already figured out how most things could be fixed, right? We know what needs to happen in order. It's just policy, 
right? Policy needs to be changed. And that's how most think. It's a cascading effect of awesomeness. Whenever policy gets changed, it's amazing how many different things would change, right? right? I talked about this with a, a, a person that I know. And um, it's just like the, the mentality of some people. I, I feel like I'm getting personal now. But the mentality of some people is just like, it's so tribal they're mm. like i have to suffer other people have to suffer because i suffered right and i was talking about like there's this 1.4 billion dollar like lottery recently and right. i was just talking about like what i would do and i was like oh, i paid off people's like student loan debts like why they made those decisions I'm like just because i i want people to young people to have money to put back into the economy i try to even rationalize it in a way because they're an older person right, right. i try to rationalize it in a way that they would they would appreciate which is you know strong american economy you know put the lifeblood back in there yeah. right have the young people buying houses and right. having families traditional nuclear families you know i try to rationalize it that way but they're so like i don't know what it was but they were just so overcome with the idea of people need to suffer for the decisions well, that they made but they weren't even making they, they, they were pushed into yeah they were and, put, um, well that's the thing is like people it's just it's this false assumption of free will that a lot of people have we don't have as much free will as a lot of people think we do. And no one wants to accept that. Because it makes us look like wind-up toys. Yeah, and they also don't want to accept the fact that they made mistakes and they had to work through it, and they don't think it's fair that other people don't have to work through the same thing, even mm -hmm. though that's literally the point of a fucking society, yeah. <laughs> is to make things better for the next generation. Like it's like, asking, it's like having a dad asking their kids to go through the same exact shit that they went through. Like... It's like say like an immigrant father comes from some fucked up country like they're having a civil war it's mm -hmm. like i want you to go through that too it's like how does that make any sense whatsoever yeah, this and this generation is so soft <laughs> they didn't have to go through three wars and and five famines and have to move to a different country so soft <laughs> it's just like what do you want me to, do you want me to do you want me to be like you like that why do you want me to go through that why'd you come here then just the, die in the other country the funny thing is we're going through a lot worse things than any of them that had to go through for the most part well i don't know about that i i would agree but i would also disagree i would I agree mean, it's different yes i would say that they've gone through the same thing because if you think about it it's not like uh crony corporate cronyism and all that sort of just started yeah, it's but just it, they weren't aware of it. Well, no, but it didn't develop to the point that it is now back then because back then there was such a rig, rig, there was a rig, uh, rigid regulating um, government and um, a social welfare state that was actually pretty substantial yeah. during those times well, that I mean, they benefited from and then they took away from us because I mean, they thought... there's also worse racism, uh, a lack of like... Well, obviously. Homophobia. There's, yes, yes. You know, like... For minority groups, it was awful, but that's like literally any time in history. So like this, like up until this point, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I don't... Except for like maybe like the ancient times. I mean, I wouldn't compare like... I don't like to compare generations because I feel like there's just there's no quantifiable way to to say. I feel yeah, like monetarily you can say maybe some of them. Oh, whoops. What did I say, Nicholas? I, I said to turn off my ringer. Monetarily, a lot of people were better off in general, but like, I, I don't know. They had, they suffered and maybe they suffered in a way they don't even perceive, right? Uh, which fucked up a lot of them, which is why a lot of us are fucked up because fortunately, we what? Because we were raised by them. <laughs> exactly. But, like, fortunately, we have a much more open, like, uh, open appreciation of, like, therapy and things like that. 
and like understanding what causes these issues rather than thinking like some sort of arbitrary oh this boy's soft right yeah. this boy's weak you know or this, this generation's weak for whatever reason like i always bring that up in discussions with this person <laughs> because i'm like because we'll have discussions about that and they'll just be like your generation's so fucked up and it's just like okay there are two components that add to that right that that sum up to what you think of our generation genetics which is faulting your own genes <laughs> right do you want to do that huh mr strongman or upbringing also you <laughs> there's only those two i mean there, like you could say environment by factor in environment with upbringing yeah right so it's which one is it right but like we've completely lost the thread of this podcast <laughs> Um, no, dude, I think we should it's just maybe like, wrap it up. I, th I just think, I just the last point, I, I just think it's fucking hilarious how much these people like want to make fun of other people and then they're the ones who are actually doing, like they they call us snowflakes, but then they're the ones who are screaming because Starbucks got rid of like Merry Christmas or whatever, like they got rid of word or they're being, or they're being asked to be polite and say a word that they don't want to say. And it's like, oh my God, how dare you make me say a word? Yeah. Like in the English language, oh my goodness. What hard, it must be so hard for them. I mean, it's just, it's just a whole thing. Um, so it's hard to sympathize with that. And it's also a lot of brainwashing as well because they've been brainwashed because people with money want them to think that way so that therefore we're divided so that therefore we don't fight against the people who are actually in power. Which is why I sympathize with them. Like I know, like, I, like they obviously had better economic opportunities, but like is someone not, or is someone better off because they're not aware of their 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 pains and suffering, like or it's are, a good question. Like, are we better off because we know about it and we try and do something that? I think there's pros and cons to each. On the one hand, the pros of not being aware is that yes, you're not going. Your ignorance is bliss. You won't be aware of it. It'll be fine. The cons is if you're on the other side of the coin and you are being oppressed and you do get the shit end of the stick, that you're even you're doubly fucked because not only are you fucked by the system. You don't believe it's the system's fault that you're in that situation and you think it's your own fault, right? Or you believe it's someone else's fault. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? I, you're talking about like conservative people in this this right here, right? Well, yeah, I'm thinking like... Well, most I'm of the thinking time like they back blame in the like day. Minor, they blame minorities for things like that. Minorities or, or in, like other of uh, different types like 2008 like i i've spoke with several conservatives who like blame illegals and even teachers potentially for uh the 2008 <laughs> it's just so it's like you're okay. right brainwashing is the perfect word for it because like the amount of defense that these people do that these people run for fucking big companies is ridiculous i know it's so but bad i'm i'm dedicated to finding a way to spin it on them and i feel like the way to do that is through like revolutionary war sort of like uh principles oh, yeah. like saying like well these people are as wealthy as kings and they're ungoverned by the people right they're not voted in right isn't that what this country is built off of fighting the kings the people who weren't elected officials yeah. aren't you for that huh don't you love the fucking red white and blue <laughs> dumping the tea in the fucking harbor sort the, of shit the, the conservatives are literally the loyalists back in the day that's literally who they are <laughs> <laughs> They're just loyalists, yeah. um, redcoats, if you will. But um, which is always funny to try to say that to them because I just get pissed. Well, but that's um, their color, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, back to the point. So like, I think so. The pros 
there's pros and cons to the Ignis Bliss thing. The on the other hand, w- currently with our generation, the pros is obviously we know what the problem is and we have we can fix it, right? We have mm. an idea how to fix it. The cons to that is that we become so riled up in like the bad side and all the negatives that are happening mm-hmm. that we don't see a way out of it and we start to become nihilistic and start to get so um depressed by like all the negatives that we see yeah and so it actually becomes an impediment to change because we end up to you know defeating ourselves before we even get started because we just get so mired in all this negativity so like it has to be a balance of like acknowledging like we kind of said earlier the balance of like acknowledging the issues but also still keeping that idealistic optimism and positivity that you can still make it work and make it happen mm-hmm. with enough work hard work and uh, movement building over the long term because none of these things are going to happen in the short term so it's just one of those things where it's like um we have to have a more balanced approach and i think our generation is still dealing with that which i th- which is why i think we haven't made enough change yet is because we're so yeah nihil- we've, we've become too nihilistic we've just bitten from the from the fruit from the of the tree of knowledge and yeah. have we now have knowledge of what's right and wrong and have to come to terms with that right which is i'm actually kind of helpful a little bit about gen z specifically i mean i guess we are gen z but um because i think millennials are the ones who bit off the fruit a little bit and they're like the ones like dealing with the depression of that but i feel like yeah. the gen z is like already kind of coming into a world where that knowledge is already known and then they're more willing to fix it right because yeah yeah i ho- i hope so too uh, anything that i say here i was thinking about this between episodes anything that i say here that sounds pessimistic is probably my is my own emotional hang-ups right uh dealing with it. i probably lean more millennial when it comes to thinking about like world issues even though i probably cope with it in a more gen z way yeah um but i, I don't ever like suggest not doing anything like not taking any sort of action moving forward. Like my mentality is always like fight to the end until you're dead. Yeah. Right. And if you, if you lost and you didn't, well, at least you fought. Right. It's just hard for me to know of most of the obstacles and then like reconcile that with my own life. Right. It's really hard to do because it's it's not an individual effort. That's the thing. And we've lost that is because especially in American culture, I feel like, it's so individualistic that we've lost that sense of like solidarity and community with people where these mm-hmm. things require a community to come together to do it, not just an individual. Yeah. It's weird because I don't, I, I, I want that so much in so many different ways, like community, like in just different ways. And it feels so isolating being here, but I feel like that's more of a personal thing. There's a lot of reasons behind that. We can get into that in other episodes, but like, I mean, it has to do with the way we organize our entire country around cars and like instead of public uh, transit. Dude. Where it's like so we're physically separated and we isolated come from back everyone. To it, which is <laughs> fucking cars and roads and highways and I wouldn't hate Atlanta, I think, if it if it had no roads. Yeah. I actually saw that somewhere. Someone said, You don't hate the city, you hate cars yes. and driving there. And I'm like, that's a hundred percent fucking accurate. Exactly. I hate driving to Atlanta more than anything. I know. Like Paris is gonna become a no car no private car zone city by twenty twenty four. I'm just like where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> what sort of fucking bat ass backwards sort of fucking world do we live in? <laughs> God damn. 
people uh, come here because they want to time travel <laughs> back to the 1940s yeah, wow <laughs> this is how they lived oh that's fucking weird dude all right well back to free walking everywhere and free healthcare and yeah. you know fucking you know just being french in general a developed country an actually yeah. developed country <laughs> yeah not that they're perfect but you know obviously but yeah yeah like yeah anyways well been a fantastic episode i feel like we talked about a lot of good things yeah so arcane 10 out of 10 yeah 10 out of 10 uh, well i would yeah. recommend again would you'd recommend it again <laughs> not just the, not just this one time i definitely did not say that statement right <laughs> would watch again yeah i'd watch it again i do watch it again i need to just to, i need to just to appreciate the the visual splendor. Yeah. Um. There was an. I wanted to talk about what other thing with Arcane, but it's we're already kind of over time. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I. It, yeah. Just it, like the ending. Oh my god. Oh, the ending oh, was Silco. Oh, so fucking beautiful. That that's part, what I wanted to talk yeah, about. Silco is a bad person. I will die on that hill. He is the worst person in that show. I know that's like you, not necessarily a controversial take. We should have just gone on with this. We should have <laughs> led with this. You, this is very much... I have no sympathy for that, man. I know this is just an impasse, though. I can already see it. There's not really any winning about this with you because it's your own personal philosophy. You are someone who doesn't believe in the end to justify the means. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and I am. So, like, I understand his his motivations. It's kind of hard. He, it, though, even, uh, if he had, even if he had gone to his ends uh-huh. of creating the nation of Zon, he still would have been a fucked up drug dealer king let dictator me, let, of Zon. No, not Yes, as, he would have. No, he was that way as a result of his upbringing. Yeah, and that's why he would end up being that way because once you get once you get corrupted by power, it doesn't matter if you reach so your goal or not. So you're saying that poor people are inherently evil because that, and that's why they turn to crime. Not because they're poor and impoverished and have to go to the, you know, ultimate, ultimately uh, few options that they it have. It doesn't matter what the reasoning behind it is. I mean, yes, it does. But, like, regardless of what happened to him, he is now a bad person and he is going to continue to make bad decisions regardless of whether he reaches his goal or not. So you don't believe in rehabilitation for criminals? Not, I don't believe in rehabilitation for Soko specifically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I, I see. So there's no... There's no actual consistency in in how you view media versus the world. No, of course not. Of course, criminals in real life aren't fucking like that. Like, what do you Pablo, mean? Okay, he, there's the, a, he's this the is a good real life. This is a good real life example. Pablo Escobar versus like some guy who dealed weed for like a year. Dealt. Whatever. Pablo Escobar is too far gone. You have to kill that man. There's nothing else you can do. He is going to continue to be a terrible person ah. no matter what. But this criminal who sold drugs. That's not his. He he had hard times. Whatever, gotcha. he should be rehabilitated. Yeah. Pablo Escobar. No. Interesting. So that's that's uh, a very interesting point because I think about this a lot. Where, because uh, you know, obviously, if you think about people how we think about people, which is like they're a product of their upbringing and genetics, but mostly their upbringing, right? And they're a product of their socioeconomic class. Um, you know, this is a process. It's a campaign of rehabilitating the world and the system. Right. Right. But that ultimately means that there are going to be some people that you catch early on when you rehabilitate the system and reorganize it how it needs to be reorganized who are young enough and and malleable enough to become good people eventually. Right. Right. But then there are some people who are too who are too far gone. Right. Right. Which is interesting to me because it basically means that there is somewhere a threshold of you are mechanically. How do I say mechanically deficient? 
right? Your neural pathways are formed in a way where you are never going to be able to make good decisions. Right. Right. Which is a very, um, <laughs> uh, how do I say this? I don't know what the right word is for it, but it's like one of those things that like totalitarian governments kind of play around with where it's like, there are these people who are just inherently bad. Right. Right. It's kind of a negative concept because like, if you think about it, the way we're currently set up is we should be offering people across the board equal treatment. I mean, look, I agree that like you should always strive to rehabilitate everyone no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. Even people like Pablo Escobar. But there's a certain point where like you either get killed yourself or that person does it for you, right? Mm -hmm. And so like I think Silco is a good example of someone who like I mean, I was just making the example. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make it about this specifically. I mean, like, it's all tied together. You can't really know. I mean, because the reason I so the reason I said that is because there's a lot of people, especially online, who make a lot of fan art about Silco being a good father, right? To Jinx yeah. specifically, and that's my specific he point. He was. He was not a good father to her. He was. No, he wasn't. He was in in any way that he could. If you, if the only way that you can heat someone up is with a tattered blanket. Right? Are you a bad person for giving that person objectively a tattered blanket? He created a monster. Yeah, because he was a monster. Exactly. So he's a bad person, and he created another. He's not bad a bad person. person. He just has a bad. He has a bad upbringing that ultimately. I know what you're yes, saying. I'm it, not going to say he's a he's a good character. Like the things that he did, right, were bad. But I don't think that. I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting like stance that we've taken here because I feel like the notes of good that he did with Jinx, um, including how he died, which was the most yes, important thing to me. That is the most that is what thing. determined to yes. me that he was a good person because it ultimately showed that when it came down to it and he was given a choice between the city or Jinx. He, he chose Jinx. He yeah. chose Jinx. That is the good choice. And ultimately, uh, not to get biblical or anything like that, I'm not I'm not about that, but like I do believe that there is some credence to this like the decisions you make in those points determine what type of person you are that alone proves to me because he is given the opportunity to have everything that he wants or the good choice right of caring for those and caring for the relationships that you have with people which is the shit that we see nowadays with everything which is like you can make a million dollars or not exploit the people and build a community and build your communities but better. that's the thing he did exploit his people everything every other decision he made outside of that decision was making his people supposedly that he cared about objectively worse off yeah but then he became rehabilitated because he made that final decision he wasn't a, he wasn't a bad person at the end of it he was a bad person a criminal early on in his life but he proved himself to be one of those people not pablo escobar at the end when he made the good decision so he was rehabilitated at the end Okay, I mean, <gasps> boom! <laughs> I'm doing a victory lap. <laughs> I will give you the. I will give you that he was rehabilitated with that decision. I will give you that. Yeah, but I still argue that he wasn't a good father in the sense that he, because I think when you're raising children, like neither of us have children, folks. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're having a debate here, sir. Okay. <laughs> what is that fallacy of... What is that fallacy? I forgot which one it is. Anyway. <laughs> for those in the audience who can't see, he made a motion towards his pelvis area. Towards, <laughs> towards my crotch. <laughs> I was holding back with every ounce of strength to say, I got your fallacy right here. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fucking hate you. Uh, this is why I can't have normal conversations. Okay. <laughs> he, so like, I get what Vi, you're saying though. Vi, yeah, is the re- re- person who should have taken care, taken care of Jinx and grown up with her, not um, Silco. If you had to compare the two, I would say Vi would have been the better person, even though she did have some problems with Jinx and like how she was as a person. She would have been able to reconcile that herself over time because she was also a fucking child. We have to remember, mm-hmm. Vi was only like what sixteen at the time, um, so she didn't know. She obviously didn't know everything that she was doing, right? Mm-hmm. But Silco, even though she loved Jinx, he loved Jinx the way she was supposedly. He also technically manipulated her into becoming the monster that she became because it, it helped his goals. Like I don't think he did that he for that w- purpose. I think- he didn't do it for that purpose, but that was the result of that those actions. Because he, since he was doing those, you know, terrible things in his community, uh-huh. she also naturally becomes that as well. And so, like, on the one hand, yes, he's accepting of her and who she is, but he also created someone who is going to be not only a terrible human being and going to murder a lot of people, yeah. also someone who's going to be persecuted for the rest of their life and probably unhappy for the rest of their life because of the way he raised her. So if anything, what he did to her was made her life objectively worse than it would have been if he had been if she had been raised by um uh, I forgot who's the original father, her original father. Uh yeah, I forgot his name. Punch Man. <laughs> Mr. Punch. Vi and their original dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um well, would have been way better their, off. his did, adopted father their adopted father yes um would have been way better off in that scenario than with silco see but that so within the realm of the show that's fantasy right that's like but i'm not not an option that that that, that i'm not saying whether it's an option i'm just saying if that option was there silco would have been the worst option that's like saying like oh yeah i mean if you could say that with anything like oh yeah he could have also given her a million dollars and her life would have been better off like he didn't have that he didn't do that for a reason that's because the environment that they're in only has a scarce number of options that you can you can have in order to better yourself, right? First of all, his motivations to keep her around and help her survive and become strong, while negative, while uh, materially negatively affecting her and the people around her, that's one of the few options that he has. Right. If you are in a pit, right, and the only way to survive and become and to progress is to push other people down or drown, like you can only do one of those two things. So you can say objectively pushing people down and killing other people and drowning them and pushing them down in society, which like we have nowadays in real life. And it's kind of something that I have difficulty reconciling is because I want to have civilization be as awesome as it can be. But the businesses that we have to work in in order to provide for ourselves and for others and why am I'm burping so much? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, the businesses that we have to work in to provide for ourselves and to survive and by survive back again, I mean, don't fall down the social hierarchy. That way you get close to actually surviving. Right. I mean, those you have scarce options, right? I can't wait and most of us can't wait for people like you, right? And for the scarce number of people that are like you to rebuild society because that's just a losing battle right now. We 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 see it, right? We see it in the elected officials that we have options for. We don't like we have 
fewer and fewer options in every possible way. There's like so few options. Yeah. So similarly, Silco could only have so many different options. You can say, oh, he should have built back a, I forget what the his side of town is called. The Zon. Zon? Well, he calls it Zon, but I think... It's like under town or yeah. under city, something like that. Yeah. The underworld. The un- yeah, the underbelly. What? He only has certain options, right, that he can do with the limited amount of supplies that he has, the sure. limited amount of resources. He is dealt a hand, and as much as you want, two spades, or sorry, two aces, right, you have only the set of cards that you're dealt with. Similarly with Jinx, right, he can only do so much to keep a girl like that, who's obviously damaged already, to not get killed by, to not kill herself or get killed by someone else, right? Which is to take her under her wing. So I can see this is the ends justify the means versus not, right? Which is why I always said that this is basically an impasse because you think that objectively she's worse off, right? Yeah. But I recognize that you can't do anything if you don't, if I want to, like, <laughs> I can't. There is an option though, which is not take her in. Which would made her life worse off? Would it have? Echo seems. I mean, this fine. is a hypothetical, but like, if she had reconnected with Echo instead of with staying with Silco, that probably would have been a much better option for her. And also, the reason I argue that he is not a good father is that at the end of the day, he would not let her go, even if it was for her better, her own good. Right? Mm-hmm. He would never do that. That is possession. That's he. He saw. Like, even though he loved her, he saw her as sort of like a, almost like a possession. Not necessarily, but like... Based off of what? Uh, some, like, elements when the of... The last... When he died, like, he w- would not let Jinx go to Vi. He did not want that more than anything else because he was possessive over her. He did not want her to go somewhere else. To a person who had previously damaged her and hurt her. That's like saying, like, oh, I don't want you to get back with your ex. Right? Am I being possessive for that? Yeah. I mean, I think you so. don't need to get back with your ex. Expe- that person well, hurt you. <laughs> yeah, but you're also hurting her, and he doesn't realize that. I think so. Like that- he, she literally ha- is having a mental breakdown, and part of it is because of him, but also because of I. Obviously, I'm not saying it's not the case. Yeah, she's, but like she has a breakdown because of the guilt of her actions, which she as a per she without Silco's uh, interference at all caused the death of several people through her own in through her own sort of uh, uh, yes that's agency, true. but like. What I'm saying is, like, he wasn't willing to recognize the fact that she probably could have had a better life being with raised by anyone else other than him, mm-hmm. right? Because he knows that he he knows he's not a good person or he's not doing good things. He's aware of that, and what he makes kno- you say that. Do you think he's not aware of that? I don't. That I, he's doing. You don't think he's aware that he's doing immoral things for a moral cause? I don't think that. Um... No, I mean I don't know. Does he is he aware of it? I think that's a really hard question because it's like if I am able to rationalize the reasoning for doing something, then I don't think that I'm doing bad things. I think that I'm doing the necessary things to get to a good place, right? right. It's not well, it's not like am I doing bad or not bad. There is never going to be a situation because you know let's break the fantasy that we're ever going to get to a point that we get where robots and AI is taking care of everything. There's never going to be a situation where a decision that you make only has a net positive. There's always going to be some point where it detracts from someone else. Yeah. Which ultimately means that ends justify the means. Or the ends. Yeah, ends justify the means, right? He is going to have to make a situation or a decision where. I forgot what I was saying. Fuck. 
One second. What? My head stopped working. <laughs> what? Say what you're saying again. He's, oh, he doesn't. He's not aware. It doesn't matter. Like I think, just growing up in general, and this is not to shit on you. I feel like people like you are necessary because you guys are like fucking the, the 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 bunny, the gener the battery bunny. Mm-hmm. You know, energizer bunny. The energizer bunny, just in- endless. You know, optimism, like seemingly coming out of nowhere, like flaws in the universe because you defy <laughs> physics in terms of like, where's all this optimism coming from? Right. We need people like you, but I feel like most people, most people are not bad people for making the decisions that they make. That's just the hands that they were dealt. Pablo, Pablo I, Escobar I agree. Even. I agree because, yes, even Pablo Escobar was raised in a place where, like, he had the reason to fight against the system because of how fucked up Colombia was, right? Yeah. I agree There, you can justify people's um, actions up to a certain point. But I think that's where the balance comes in of, like, how far do you go before – you, you can understand someone without necessarily forgiving them or l- letting them get away with it, right? Right. Um, people have to face consequences for their actions, unfortunately. And while I, I do think in our current society, we go way too far in the direction of punishing people for nothing. And we should go, f- what we're way more, we're, we're, we're way too far on the other side of punishing people. Mm-hmm. We should be much more lenient on that and being more understanding of people where, where people are coming from. Like Silco. But... <laughs> I'm not making the argument about whether we're criminalizing Soko. I'm making the argument of whether he's a good father to Jinx, specifically, right? Okay, if we're talking about that, I still think that it's the same thing. I just think that he was he let his own selfish desires of having someone around like Jinx over supersede what she needed in her life, specifically, which was not a role model like him, right? Whether he recognized that or not is mm-hmm. is besides the point. He decided that he was going to take her in and have this relationship with her and make her into what she became and was okay with that, even though from, I guess, I'm, maybe not from his perspective, but from an objective perspective, makes her a worse person overall, right? I don't think Instead he was of, okay with it because there are many instances where he's like, oh, shit, she blew something up again. Hey, you got to stop doing that, kid. You got to stop blowing up things. Yeah. Like, so he recognized in himself that he was creating this monster. but He instead didn't create of, it. She blew up things before she even met him. She killed people and caused mayhem before she even did it. He was handed a child, right, who had just been spurned by her or scorned, whichever one, by her sister, right, who at this point he recognizes is a bad person for her because he hurt her. And then he sees, I think, maybe himself and Jinx, right? And he tries to do something with it to the best of his ability to make her strong, to make her part of something, right, to be productive with her mayhem. Uh, and I think for that, he's a good father because he tried to be constructive with it. Like, again, let's just say, let's just stop calling her Jinx. You are dealt a machine that is only capable, that is already defective in a way, right? And you only have so many places you can set this machine to go, right? Because you're in the undersetty, right? With crime everywhere and drugs everywhere. All right. Like, he did the best that he could with what he had. And I think that makes him a good father, Right. I mean, it's not ideal, you know, I'd like obviously, but doing the best with that you can do with the the cards that you're dealt makes you, I think, a good father. I'd say that about my upbringing, right? Like, you know, or anybody's upbringing, right? You can uh, see within your own psychology how bad parenting affects you, right, emotionally, but 
if you really think about the other person and really learn empathy, right, and really understand that this person may be like a father figure in my mind, but they're still just another person, right? They did the best that they could with what life had allotted them. Yeah, but it's the good father thing is not just from what the intention of like the person on who is the father or even a parent in general, just saying a parent in general is not just what they thought they could do be the best at They Like, I feel like in any situation, not even just parenting, but any situation where love is involved, like the greatest form of love is being able to let someone go. If that's what's best for them, that's not always going to be the case. But he, if it is the case, then it should be what happens. And it did not happen because he was possessive over her. Because he felt like he was the best person for her, which was not true. I mean, I don't think he, I didn't see him as being possessive. I did. Maybe but. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in a little while. But I didn't see him as being possessive. I saw him more like uh, originally adopting her because he saw himself in there and then like having like kind of a loss of what to do and eventually choosing her. And that alone, that determines for me, like, I'm not going to say like, yeah, so, I mean, again, every single character in the show is amazingly well compelling and very well fleshed out. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with Soko. Like he has, even though he's supposed to be like the supervillain, he still has so many things that you can get to sympathize with him. I just personally don't think that what he did was the right thing to do, except for that last decision where he did let himself get killed. But other than that, there's no other there's no other redeeming things about him in my view because i think he decided he was he, in the end of the day he was being i think the main reason he kept jinx around is because he loved her which is fine in a yeah. normal situation but like do you need to understand like when you love someone that you have to do what's best for them not what's best for you and i feel like he was doing more about he was best for him he was in that in like he was doing a lot for her for sure mm -hmm. but like in that essential question of whether he's the best person for her or not he was being selfish in the sense that he wasn't letting her go and letting her be her own person because a destructive monster who blew up a building with her father figure and two friends in it on accident even if it's on accident letting something go on accident is it still happened she you does. Know? There's a difference between what she did Here's then the versus now what you're she does doing, Now you are saying that the ends justify the means, right? What? Because then you're saying the ends, her being let go and potentially being destructive mayhem, justify. What am I saying? Yeah, justifies him letting her go, even though like, or sorry, no, the in purpose of her being a free free person justifies her mayhem and being herself. You know what I'm saying? But I don't justify that, like. Her you, being herself. You just did. You said. You said. I. He should have let her go, right? But the, not. Not at that moment. He should have let her go at the beginning before she became that. She was already that. No, she wasn't. She blew up the building. She became that way. She didn't. She. Even if she had blown up that building, that's one mistake, right? But if she had been, it's if a she big mistake. <laughs> obviously, it's a big mistake. <laughs> but and obviously, it's going to affect her for the rest of her life. But there's two directions she could have gone. She could have gone in a positive direction with that. Where like, um, with Echo, where like you can s recognize what you did How? wasn't your fault. There's no way that he would they, that she would reconcile with Echo, because she'd blown up two of her friends that was also friends with Echo. I think closer friends with Echo, based off of what I remember seeing in the show. Like, it. W tell me a situation. Let's just strip away the show. 
tell me a situation where uh, someone who uh, blows up a building gets rejected by their family, the last remaining family that they have, is already kind of psychologically like unhinged from seeing their parents die, now has seen another parent die, now has been rejected from their thing, just killed their own friends, right? Tell me a situation where someone who's capable of making bombs doesn't continue <laughs> on to be a terribly like violent person in some way. If Vi hadn't been taken to jail that night, I think that would have been one way. Mm -hmm. And then the other way I do think is if she had found a way to reconcile with Echo because they did have a close relationship. And uh, Yeah, you're right. They did. And like I think he would have found a way to convince her that it wasn't her fault eventually. I think it's I don't the know guilt, I though. I, I don't know. I think the guilt. It, she still would have been a very fucked up person, don't get me wrong, and she probably mm -hmm. would have still done some fucked up things. But she wouldn't have been nearly as much of a master. She wouldn't be a fucking domestic terrorist yeah. if she had gone that other route, in it, my opinion. If she had gone, what's the other route, though? What I just said. Echo? Echo or Vi, if I hadn't been thrown together. But, like, those aren't. I know those aren't real. I'm not saying yeah. does it, like, those are necessarily going to happen or like viable options but well, those yeah. are possible those are possibilities well yeah because so if her if like powder, getting adopted by some sort of like millionaire i guess if or whatever it is. yeah if powder hadn't been uh taken in by silco that night she would have found a way to survive in other forms and found i and would have been forced to either look for vi go back to the bar and someone else would have taken her in or find echo something would have happened and she would have been a, it, it would have been a different alternate uh, timeline I mean where yeah. I don't think she would have become as bad of a person as she did because of beca being undertaken by Silco I, and I never I could and just I'm not as easily say the uh, like the, the an ulcer that she also because of those she becomes a terrible person because she doesn't have a father figure in her life I am but who knows who understands who understands negative or uh, violent tendencies right and who understands the world yeah but she he doesn't do in. it he understands violent tendencies, but he doesn't think it's a bad thing. So he just has her do more violence. It's not. It's not I mean, a positive. Violent thing. tendencies aren't necessarily a bad thing. They're not inherently a bad thing. We've talked about it. It's a tool. It's a. It's a tool that can be used in one way or another. And I think that. And the way they used it was in mass murder and domestic terrorism for <laughs> a purpose, right? For a purpose uh, towards, if you think about it, towards the ruling class. Yeah. It was towards the ruling class, yeah. yes. But Violence guess what? towards the rule. So if anything, guess again, what? still guess good for, for us. No. <laughs> Why not? What's this? How what's is this it benefiting all? them? What do you mean? How is it? What do you mean? How that was actually my other question. We're getting so over time. How, when they voted for the independence of Zon? It's only five. Oh my god. How would that benefit Zon? Uh. I mean, how is voting nowadays benefiting us? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the specific vote. If Jinx hadn't blown up the fucking council room yeah. at the end of the show, and they made the vote where Zon became its own independent city, right? Yeah. How would that vote have benefited Zon to becoming a better place? Not really. Because that's what Silco won, right? Through all of his efforts, that was essentially the magnum... That was the first positive... Like victory he had okay. towards his goal, right? I mean, I guess it. No, did it? Guess, was it, it yeah, worth it? Yeah, I guess it was because if you think about it, like that's the same argument for any sort of country that was part of the British Empire, right? They all won their independence, and 
that we can all agree that's probably better than them being part of the British Empire. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my reasoning for it. I think independence in its own way, like immediately off the bat, no, but it's just like you give yourself your own sort of independence and you stop being, you stop suffering from the exploitation of others mm-hmm. in a, in one way, right? Let's like the real world is that there are many other ways to be exploited. Yeah, and because that's down. the problem because everyone that would rule in Zon would just be another form of the ruling class, just an illegal form of it. But instead, now you're being ruled by people who understand your plight and who are locals, right? Aren't we always talking about like local representation? People, yeah, who but those care are the people who his... sometimes take advantage of their own people the most. If you look at labor trafficking in the U.S., the people who implement it a lot—not the most, but I think who implement it a lot—are other Latinos, even and they're labor trafficking Latino people okay. because they benefit from and they know how to do it better. So it's the same thing with Silco and the people in Zon. They know just because they're from there doesn't mean they're not going to um, exploit their people. I mean, then, then you're. Are you justifying the? Are you justifying people? Or say, are you saying that it would have been better for some countries to have stayed stayed in the British Empire? Because that's a similar instance, right? No, I think it depends on the leadership of the independent movement, right? Which is in most cases, uh, most people who leave in who lead independence movements get tossed out immediately. Not, right. Well, I'm like, don't they? Don't they always just get fucking ousted or cooed or do they? They turn into their own sort of like corrupt form of government. But at the very least, it's not benefiting someone else. Like it creates an ecosystem that can be managed, right? Rather than having, I feel like objectively, like the vote for independence creates an ecosystem that can eventually, somewhere down the line, decades even be managed as opposed to something where you are fighting a force that isn't even in the same neighborhood as you. All right. Fair enough. And (laughs) (laughs) that's the episode. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Um, Are we going to do the outro or intro? Yeah, we have to do the intro. Okay, so we just say goodbye now. Okay. All right. Well, Thanks for listening. Thanks for tagging along. We eventually came back to Arcane. Um, yeah, I hope we this was extended this episode like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like, we we'll hope that you enjoyed, and thank you for letting us haunt your house for a little while. <laughs> you know, for us to drown out the voices in your <laughs> drown out the voices in your heads with our voices in in your head. I'm um, so sorry. You have to deal with this, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks for listening, and right. uh, we'll see you. Have a good one. Next time. Bye, y'all. On the Echo Zone. Life. Liberty. We didn't even say it once. And life podcast. Life, liberty, and podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Life. Liberty. And, and podcast. Podcast. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. All right, bye. <laughs>